That is fancy. I know, I've never, right? I've never done anything like this one. I know, like this one. <laughs> you're hyping me up. You're making me feel like I'm doing something right. Um, you are. You're on it, girl. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, welcome to What God Has Done With My Pain. Today we have Megan. Go Hello, ahead and introduce everyone. yourself. Hi, uh, my name's Megan. I am 26 years old. I have been with the Lord for almost a decade, and it feels crazy to say wow. that. Actually, I think it's been a little over that. Maybe, wow. maybe a decade. I don't know. Um, mm. It's been a, it's been a long time, <laughs> um, but it has not always been perfect. I have not always hit the mark. I've not. I've missed the mark plenty of times. Um, but it's been great to know that God, I'm always in God's hand and he's never taken his hand off me. Um, what else do I live? What, I don't know what else I do. I love to work with kids. Um, I actually work with kids, so it's a fun time. It wasn't always like that though. Um, I'm a graphic designer. Um, yes. I'm an aspiring like makeup artist enthusiast. doesn't look like it, but I do that. <laughs> uh, that's my fault. That's my fault. <laughs> It was an accident. It's cool. Um, I think that's really, honestly, I'm in a, a nice, healthy relationship after being in many unhealthy ones. <laughs> oh, girl. yes. We've all we'll get there. into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we um, will. And I, I'm going to clear out the air real quick. She was so sweet to meet with me at six. But we didn't realize that we were in two different time zones. So meanwhile, I'm over here. I'm ready to go. And she's Girl. like, I have a whole hour, don't I? <laughs> I'm like, oh, snap. Yes. You're good. So, I understand. She still jumped on and met me and, and, and came on. So if, yes. if there's anyone who loves the Lord, it's definitely Megan. <laughs> of course I do. Yes. What is it? Say? Oh, I don't remember. I think it's in Proverbs where it's like uh, a woman's beauty is fleeting, but like a woman who loves the Lord, like that's the woman who yes. should, should be cherished, right? I think that's in Proverbs. Yeah, but it is. Yes. Okay. Awesome. With that being said, um, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and ask you, um, mm -hmm. when did your relationship with God start? In the sense of like, what would you say, you know, being saved or like, or even just you taking on that identity of walking mm -hmm. through Christ? Like when, when was that? So I was in high school. It was, I think my, I always get like confused with like my senior or my junior year. I mm -hmm. always just mix up. Um, but I started going to church. I was like four, 15 or 16, I was like a sophomore. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. okay, yes, that's when uh, it was a sophomore year. Um, my mom was trying to find a church for us and we finally found one, like a youth. So my brother mm, and I would yeah. go to, to this youth, this youth group. And my mom had asked like, is there a Sunday service? And I was like, I don't know. And then the next week we went and they had talked about their Sunday services. So I was like, this is God, oh. okay. Yeah. So then we, we went the next Sunday and we no, we haven't stopped. We haven't, wow. well, they, my, my mom and my brother haven't stopped, but yeah, we've been there for since 2015. Yes. No, wow. 2014, 2014. Wow. That's, mm -hmm. that's almost 10 years. Yeah. We, yeah, we hit our nine year in May. Oh, wow. That's so incredible. next year, next year will be a whole decade. And what, so. what would you say? So what would you say the beginning of your relationship with God in, in, in that sense, what was that like? And then what was it like 
um, as you continue to walk in it? So it was, it felt very, it felt very easy. Like it was just easy to just get into it. I didn't feel like I never felt like this kind of pressure, like in the beginning stages of it. But once I started walking into it and I started like becoming part of ministry and I was like actively playing a part, I was serving. That's when I started feeling a bunch of pressure and of like, okay, yeah. I can't mess up or I can't do, I always felt like these like mm. religious, like I had like this religious mindset of like, yeah, I have to check all these. I have to like cross my teeth, dot my eyes. I can't like miss the mark. Um, but that was nothing that was ever taught to me. That was just something that was, it just was like in me. I don't know why it was just yeah. there. I guess just human nature. I don't know. Um, but it's it like you kind never... of held yourself at a, at a, at a high expectation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was, and it was never like, I never, ever felt like that at my church. Like no one ever put it on me where it was like, yeah, you have to do this and you have to act this way. You have to, you know, they, they have always been very good about giving grace um, to people that are like stepping into that journey. It's like, yeah. we're not perfect. We're never going to make the mark all the time. It's, it's a learning curve. It's process and the process yeah, yeah. is ongoing. So it's like, it's never, we're never going to stop growing. We're never going to stop learning. Like there's always something to learn about Jesus, about the Bible, about church. Like it's just an ongoing thing. So that's something that I remember from the very beginning, it just seemed very easy until I got really into it. And then I was like, this is mm. not, this is not easy. <laughs> really yeah. Easy. That's really, really, I can totally relate to wanting to be great for God, you know, mm -hmm. like wanting to yeah. hit every single mark and be perfect and struggle. Like, yeah. I think that a lot of the times you, you know, you fall in love with God, but then you fall into that, like you said, religion aspect of it. And it can, mm -hmm. that's, I think that at least that's where I've hurt myself in the past is when same I'm not even doing it because I want to spend time with God, but I'm doing it because I'm like, I have to do this, this, and this, or, and I got into, I think now, cause I've obviously I've been in the faith for a long time and there were times like I've been like church hurt or I've like done things to hurt myself. So I feel church hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, but I never, there was never a point in my heart, in my mind where I was like, I never questioned God. Like it was never yeah. like, I know I hurt myself. I know I did this like to hurt myself um, or people hurt me, whatever the case was. Yeah. I never, I never took that against God. Like I never walked away from the faith. Um, I walked away from church, like from a church to go to other churches. But then I realized like, I'm going to find this. If I don't hit this in the head now, like if I don't mm. hit this, this like cycle, if I don't break this now, um, this like crazy mindset of like, I need to find a perfect church. If I don't break that now, I'm going to be falling into the same thing at every church that I go to. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really hard for like, God had to humble me in that really. And it was really hard for him to like, tell me that. Cause I was like, but dad, like what? I, yeah. I, I what do you mean? Like, I, but it was very graceful. It was nothing ever like intense. I mean, it was yeah. intense, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a bad thing. And yeah. even looking back now, I'm like, I'm so grateful that I took that the way I did. And I didn't let that turn into a hurt. Mm. Yeah. Um, that you, like, you, like you were able to use it for better. Yes. I'm, I'm very grateful for it, you know, especially cause I had people in my life that walked with me. Um, mm. they're not really in my life now, but they, they, they played a huge part in that season of my life where 
I was kind of questioning a lot, like, do I even want to have more friends in the church? Do I want to make more relationships in the church? Do I even want to go to church? Like I can do this on my own, you know, and mm. like I would come, come across people that way. And it's hard because yes, people were not perfect. So no church you ever go to is going to be perfect. Um, the pastors are not going to be perfect. The people in high leadership are not going to be perfect. Mm. Everyone is still growing and learning. Like no one ever yeah. stops growing. No one ever stops healing. Um, no one ever stops learning things. So I think something that I had to really learn was like, just because, just because the, like, these people are not perfect. I forgot what I was trying to get at. Dang it. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> no, I, you're, you're honestly, you're on a good track. Cause it was, I feel like normalizing the humanity and people in high places, yes. even in the church. Like, yes. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I just got into a really big, this bad mindset of like, mm -hmm. I just, oh, cause I would come across people that were like, I don't need to go to church to have a relationship with God. And it's hard because like, yeah, you don't want to be around people. Cause you're like, okay, people are going to ruin this for me. But it's like in all reality in acts, like the church that like they all met together and they were in community and yeah. that's how people, people received gifts. People receive like, you know, it's, it, yeah. it's, it's crucial yeah. and it's, it's very important to have community. So people can say yeah. like, I don't need church. I don't need church to have a relationship with God. You don't, but the Lord recommends it. And he, he yeah. shows the importance of it in wow. starting, starting in the book of acts. Yeah. So that is so good. Community, community is so important. Being surrounded um, by people is so I agree. important. I think because so. I've met, I've met so many people too, myself included, where you truly find freedom and you can truly surrender and you really find your salvation when you are around people like in, in godly community, like yeah. from, I can't really speak on my boyfriend. Obviously that's his whole story, but that's, <laughs> that's literally how my boyfriend really came to be like, I want to do this because of these people that are around me. Like mm. if I didn't have these guys around me, I would have, I don't, I wouldn't have wanted to come back to church ever again. Wow. Wow. So and that's, that's a testimony alone to how, mm -hmm. how I community agree. can make or break your relationship with the Lord as well. Yeah. It's it can so, have yeah. a huge effect. Wow. I agree. That's incredible. And I, I honestly, I can absolutely agree that, uh, even in my church where I go now, uh, I always feel so energized when I leave a, a group event. I walk mm -hmm. away and I feel like, oh my gosh, that felt so good. Especially when you walk into a church and there are familiar faces and you can say yeah. hi to each other and it doesn't feel like you're one in a hundred or one in 50. You actually, it, it makes, at least for me, it makes the church feel smaller because yes. you pick up on people and you recognize them and you know them. And, and it's not this unrealistic standard of perfection, but you know that we're all in this together and this is hard, yeah. but at least there's a community that surrounds me in this situation or wherever I, I am in my season of life. Yeah. I love that. Wow. Well, that's girl. I could not have said that better myself. <laughs> um, and then, so I guess my like real question, I guess the one that's going to kick us off is <laughs> what would you say God has done with your pain in, in everything that you can look back at? And I mean, you can go as long as you want. There is no limit here because um, God truly can do so much with our pain and everyone's pain mm -hmm. is so different and unique to them that mm -hmm. I, we talked a little bit on the phone when we got together and, um, you know, chit chatted a bit, which I really love. So I'm really excited to mm -hmm. dig deeper into everything that you shared with me, but yeah, yeah. Like 
let's go ahead and just let, you know, the spirit lead in whatever it is that you want to share. Um, but yeah, let us know, like, what would you say God has done with your pain now that you're able to look back and even now and where you are? So such a good question. I think the main thing that God did with my pain is he used it. He used it to be able, he used it to be able to like really strengthen me. Um, because there was a point like right before I got saved and then right the first, maybe like two years, um, Mm. it was really, it was really hard. Um, I was just dealing with a lot of stuff. I, um, and I felt very weak and there was like, a, I never turned away from the faith. I would question little things of like, Mm. man, like, am I, why am I doing this? Why do I go to church? Cause I would ask these questions myself. Like, why, why do I go to church? Like, to yeah, know for myself, yeah. like, what's the reason? Why do I do this? Do I do this just because it seems like a cool trend? Um, mm. You know, I, when I got baptized, like I first got baptized in 2015, uh, mm. that was like the, my main like reason for getting baptized was like, oh, my friends are all doing it. So like, I want to do it too. Yeah. I had no idea really what I was signing up for. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't, I didn't know a hundred percent fully what, what baptism like really signified of like, you yeah. were literally laying your life down to yeah. be made new. Like you're, wow. you are really, you're willingly asking for God to not bring, not to bring stuff to you, but you're fighting. You're, you're in the fight now. Like you, you got, I, you got placed into the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know that. So then things yeah. started like going and I was like, what's going on. Yeah. Um, but, but I think in those beginning, in those beginning years, I was really, really, I felt beat down. Um, not from any, like if it was from like, relationships and people like there's friendships and like before like coming into church it was like old things in my life like a boyfriend that i was with um friends that i have you mentioned before being saved you were struggling Mm -hmm. with things do you want to talk about like what that was like and then the trend yeah go ahead dig into yeah so um so i had a i had a boyfriend um like right before i started going to church i was dating this guy and we were in high school so it was like i was yeah um i met him i was i think I was like 17 and he was 15. So we were like, we had a two year age gap. Um, he was younger than me and we met in high school, whatever, fell in love, little cute little high school sweetheart thing. Um, and we both, he always just wanted to do everything that I wanted to do. So when I started going to church or he was coming with me and he was like, I love mm-hmm. this. And we had the same friends. Uh, it was just a, a fun vibe, but we, we didn't know the, like how to truly live for Christ. We were just going to church yeah. because we would, we would go on Wednesdays and our friends were all there and no one ever like asked us these questions or like, no, no one really, there was no discipleship, if you will. And yeah. it wasn't, it, it's not like it was a bad thing. We were in high school. It's like, we weren't really asking for that at that time. We didn't know what yeah. that entailed. We didn't know what that was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I never realized the effects until after the breakup, you know, we were having premarital mm. sex. Uh, yeah. we were, um, we were never, we were drinking, I think a lot. Um, yeah. which we were, yeah. we were in their teen, we were teenagers and we were drinking a lot. So it was just bad, but we were doing all these things and I didn't realize how bad it was going to affect me until I was removed from it. And mm. I had to deal, I had to deal with all of it. When you uh, say like I, a soul tide developed basically. Yes. So I had, we had a soul tie and then I just developed like wanting to drink to like run away from Numbing. things. Mm. Yeah. And 
I we broke up when I was 19 and I I didn't know how to deal with anything. I was really new to church still. I had never experienced anything this deep or like this hard since being saved. So I never knew how to deal with it. My initial thing was to uh, go get drinks, to go but get some weed. I just wanted to numb everything. I didn't, I never wanted to deal with it. I have, I'm very bad with confrontation. So I can say that even then, like I didn't want to confront any of it. I didn't, I just wanted to suppress it and make mm-hmm. it go away. But it would always, if even if it was away for a little bit, it was always just suppressed and it would always come out later. Um, in friendships, it came out in the way that I, um, in my leadership, the way I was leading people, uh, it was, it was just hard. So like all of these, mm-hmm. like so, the soul tie and all of the things that came with it, all the damage, um, it was just really hard. I didn't know how to cope prop like mm-hmm. healthily. Um, so then getting into church and being more involved, I had a community of people, my best friend at that time, she was like everything to me. And it was really hard because then I started to see her as an idol and she was like, mm. it, I idolized our friendship so much. Um, so much to say people thought like that we were like lesbians. Like that's how, mm. that's how much we, we were very close. Um, yeah. it was sometimes it was kind of like a weird close, but me and her now we're like, we just, we would just love each other so much. Like we wanted the best yeah. for each other and everything. And we even like, that's even part of my testimony of like our friendship was on pause for a while and it was really hard mm. for me. Yeah. Um, but in those seasons, it was, she was like my rock. Like she was, she helped me through like the hardest times I developed an eating disorder. I, was like the smallest that I ever was. I was so skinny. People at church would literally ask her like, Hey, is Megan okay? Like she's, she's really skinny. She, she looks like she hasn't been eating. And I wasn't, it was hard for me to eat. I couldn't keep anything down. Um, I remember when that, when that developed in itself, like, did it just come from not, not nowhere, but did you just one day say, okay, like I, like I don't want to eat as much, or was it like a slow burn of you slowly starting to create that type of habit? I I think it was just, I would try to eat because I would have an appetite. Like I would be hungry. My stomach would be growling, but I just wouldn't long to eat. Like I wasn't longing for food. I was like, mm. okay, my stomach's hungry. So I would try to eat, but like my appetite would go away or like, I would just, it was very slow. It would, it would happen sometimes. And then sometimes I would eat and then I automatically would just throw everything up. So it was really hard. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't know. Uh, And my mom, my mom was obviously really concerned for me at that time. uh, Just because it was a lot. I felt like it was just thing after thing, thing after thing. And I had, I had never dealt. I tell people this all the time. When I was younger, growing up, I never dealt with anxiety. I never dealt with with depression. Mm. Um, Never really had suicidal thoughts as a kid, like growing up in middle school, nothing. I got bullied, but I was like, this is normal. Like, it just happens. Like, I just get bullied, whatever. But it was good. What do you get bullied about? I was a little ugly duckling. I was, I had little, I had big, I had glasses and like, ah, I, I that's, would that's like. That's a Matilda right there. I used to love Matilda. Yeah. <laughs> that's a cute movie. There's, there's cute um, little kids. I, I would just get picked on just cause I was, I just looked different than everybody. I don't know. I was just like, mm. I was very short and small and everybody mm. was like taller than me and I was just tiny. So I would mm. just get picked on cause I would be, get called miniature and like all these things. Um, no, I don't know. It was just, 
<laughs> I'm like, y'all are, y'all are bullying me now. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I also cheered my whole life as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't even mention that. But I, mm-hmm. at that time too, I had just, in high school, I had just finished cheerleading because I had tore my ACL. So I couldn't cheer. And I was like, I don't have anything to run. Like, I don't have my thing to run to. So then I turned, you know, to alcohol and all these things. And then I started, after we broke up, I started sleeping around because I was like, I need to feel something. I need to, I need to feel it. Like, I need to fill something yeah. up. And at that time, I didn't realize the attachment of souls that I was making with all these people. Mm. I, it yeah. wasn't a lot. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like that, but I, it was a, it was <laughs> Wait a, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was like, enough. <laughs> so I didn't realize the connections that I was making um, spiritually with these people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then again, like it all would come out and it would come up. Like as I was getting into this relationship with, with God, I was, you know, furthering it and I wanted to grow. And I finally, I was probably about 21 and I came to this point where I was like, I, I feel stuck. I want to grow in the Lord. I want to become this woman that you are calling me to be God. I, I want to, I, I know the calling you have on my life to be in, in, in pastoral leadership one day, but I feel stuck and I can't do it. I, I don't, I think you called me to the wrong thing. I think you did this wrong. Like I was literally telling God you're wrong. Yeah. And God was like, I'm not wrong. He said, that's you are just cute. not there yet. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so cute. Yeah. I'm wrong. He's <laughs> like, you're just, this just shows me, this just is telling you you're not you're not there yet like it's wow. it's not That's it's so not good. there it's not the time it's not the time and it wasn't like i was trying to jump into all the, like to pastor because i was when i felt called to that i was like why that's too much like i can't do yeah. it so much yeah which yeah. yes that's a very intense calling um but i know i'm like but the anointing you sure i'm not that- supposed to be on the worship team or even that, even that, I know. I'm like, can I just stay in the on the computer, please? Doing yeah, the, yeah, the tech. <laughs> can I just stay here? They get um, to wear all black and look cool. I know, I know, and that's my favorite thing to wear. If you can't tell, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it was. I don't know where I was going with any of that, mm. but I, it, yeah, it, it was just, I, I felt stuck at this point in my in my mm. walk, and um. God was just like, we have, there's, there's something we, we got to do. But I was learning too, that I had to be willing. And at, there was times in my, in my, in my walk where I wasn't willing to give up what I was doing. Um, as I got older, like I was probably now at, I was 23, 24, the same things were happening. I was, you know, running to guys. I was running to alcohol. I was running to like to weed and I was like, why yeah. is it the same things? Like, why do I keep doing the same thing? And finally, one of my friends had just like sat with me and was like, there's a cycle. It needs to get broken. And you mm. have, you're just not willing to give it up. And I was like, dang, don't tell me that. Like what? Yeah. Um, I had heard about, you know, inner healing and, you know, trying to uncover all the things that are covered, but I didn't understand. I just didn't understand it. And so at my church, we had these, we have these inner healing classes and they're called solutions because it's, um, it's fight. It's, it's literally digging and finding childhood Mm -hmm. trauma, um, things that from your childhood that literally make you who you are today, whether it's a talk, whether it's the toxicity you have or 
maybe you're a great person. It's like, okay, well, let's see, like, was it, how, how did you become, a, or how did you grow into being a good person? Or how did you yeah. develop all this toxic, this toxicity, all this trauma, all like everything. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I went through it one time and I was like, wow, this is great. Like and I knew, I thought it was all just from my dad. Like my dad yeah. was, I didn't even, I haven't even talked about this. There's so much Girl. to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so let's but, start there. What this, yeah. this clearly excavated the thing, like where you thought it was your dad. So let's, mm -hmm. let's dig into it. Why did you think it was your dad? And how did you come to find that there was more than just your father involved? In so um, I, I never knew why I was the way I was with my, you know, that boyfriend I was with in high school. I, I treated him pretty, like pretty bad. Um, mm. I just would, I, I would get really angry fast. I would, um, take things out on him. Um, I don't know. It was just awful. I was just, I could, I could look back and, and remember how bad I was to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and going into these, this first round of inner healing that I went through, we talked about childhood trauma and like how that really plays into who you will become because that's all, you know, like you were yeah. dealt these cards. That's how you're going to like become and come into adulthood. Yeah. Um, cause like monkey see monkey do basically. And, um, my first round of solutions, well, my father, we grew up, both my parents were, my parents were together and my brother and I were born into my, my family. Um, but my dad, I probably was like six years old. My dad started using uh, drugs. My fam we did not know a thing. We knew he was acting a little bit weird, but I didn't grow up around druggies. Like none of my family did drugs. Um, none of my parents' families did drugs. They drank, like my parents' families drank a lot. So we kind of knew alcoholic behavior, but we didn't yeah. know drug behavior. So yeah. Um, we didn't know signs to look for. We didn't know anything. So it was, we we're very ignorant to that. And plus my brother and I were children. I was six. My brother was like four. So we, yeah. how are we going to like know that my mom yeah, didn't grow up around that. My mom didn't grow up around any of that either. So she even didn't know. And like no way to pick was, up on the signs. Yeah. Yeah. So it was about 10 years later that you know, I was 16. It was like right before I got saved. Uh, my dad came clean about everything to my mom. And I remember I, uh, it was, and my, during these 10 years, they, they remained together. In yes. Relationship. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. So my mom was like, I, it just got hard. It just, like the relationship just got hard, but come to find out it was because he was making it hard because he was using drugs and he was acting different. And it was just, what really was bad. his behavior at the time? Like how did he act he, or how was it hard for your mom and you guys? He, so he would go on these, like binge, he would do, cause he was doing meth. So he would mm -hmm. stay up for like days in a row. And he worked overnight at a grocery store here in uh, Texas. And he was an overnight ma stocking manager. So he mm -hmm. would have to stay up. So he would drink coffee. He would drink, do energy drinks. But he told us that there was a point that they stopped working on him. So he wasn't able to stay up all the time. He would mm -hmm. get really, he would get really tired. So he was like, I needed something that was going to keep me up. And he had a friend that like recommended him to do meth. I was mm -hmm. like, okay. So he started using so he could stay up at work and he would yeah. come home from work and he wouldn't even sleep. He would stay up for days in a row. And that was one thing he started, he would hallucinate really bad. So he would think that he was hearing things in the walls and he would tell my mom that mm. like pe there's people on the walls and they can hear us. 
And my mom would just like be like, what the, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. So yeah. she was just, she would get really annoyed and frustrated because she didn't know where this was all coming from. Yeah. And she, she ended up feeling really bad later on. Cause she was like, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it, I feel bad because it's like, I was getting on him about this stuff, which I thought yeah. he was just acting crazy, but it was, it was really messing with his brain. Um, he would, I think those are the main two. He would hallucinate and he would stay up for like days in a row. It's very abnormal behavior. So for any human, that's very abnormal. So, um, but the thing too, my dad, my dad doesn't believe in God and he's, he's agnostic. I would say he, that's how he would like identify. Um, but after this, like, even this is a testimony in itself. My mom took him to the hospital the day that she, he told her everything and he what he told Which was her 10 years to, later yes i was yes it was okay about 20 about 2014 okay um, wow yeah i'm like bro what amazing um he she takes him to the hospital so they can like check his blood they can check his, his insides and everything and the nurse that was taking care of him asked him like are are you sure you were doing drugs and he was like why would i not be sure like i know what I was doing. And she said, she said, because your lungs are in perfect standing, like wow. there's no, nothing wrong with any of your, your insides, nothing like nothing. Your brain is fine. Like there's nothing wrong. Wow. And so my mom was obviously in shock. My mom knew the power of God at that time. So my mom yeah. was like the only, only that's only God. Yeah. But my dad wow. still, even that, even that my dad didn't sway my dad at all. My dad still was like, I don't know. Like, I'm just a healthy guy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And, but that's like, I think like one of my favorite testimonies to say is like, my dad is still alive and still completely healthy after 10 years of trying to ruin his body. Wow. Um, but yeah, so that he was very, so for those 10 years, he was very physically present, but mentally and emotionally very absent. And so that took a toll on my brother and I, as we were growing up, especially like when I started dating, when I was in high school, I didn't have like a proper male figure to look to. Like my uncle, yeah. I think is the closest, my, is the closest thing. My, my, uh, my aunt's husband. So my mom's, my mom's brother-in-law, mm-hmm. um, that I think that was like the, the best example of a man I had and which sucks because like I couldn't even look up to my dad in that. Like I couldn't even say like I want a I want a man that's gonna treat me the way my that my dad treats my mom or I want my my husband. To, well, my dad's very hardworking, so I've always looked for a hardworking guy. My dad's hilarious. I've always looked for a hilarious guy. Um, yeah. But there was other qualities that I was like, my dad is not that. Like how can I look for a guy that's like what I I don't know. It was just like I had all these things in my head. Yeah. It was just it yeah. altered the way that I looked at guys. And then the dynamic of my family just really altered a lot. Um, my mom, at that point, my mom was the one that was making all the money because my dad was doing drugs so much he couldn't even keep a job. Mm. Um, he didn't want to work either because he was like thinking that everyone was trying out. He was out to get him and was he was paranoid about a lot of stuff because of the hallucinations. Yeah. Um, so my mom was the one working, making the money. My dad was just at home, like literally just doing drugs being lazy. Like yeah. that was literally it. And so I had a lot of resentment towards my mom. Cause I was like, why are you not like my mom did the best she could. And I love my mom. Bless her heart. She did. She did the best she could because she wanted her family together and she wanted, she had the benefit of the doubt from my dad. She wanted my dad to find, to find Christ. She tried to be the best example of Jesus that she could. And she wanted 
my brother and I to have both of them because she wanted us to grow up in a, in a two parent household. Um, which I mean is valid. Like that's, you know, you, you want that for your kids. Um, but she just didn't realize the effects it was going to have on us later on in life. Yeah. And yeah. she didn't, and she didn't intend any of that. Like it was never like, I want y'all to grow up and have trauma. Like that's not yeah. what you want. Go and but, be dysfunctional. Yeah. Right. Like go and be unhealthy. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, but she, yeah, she did the best she could. And it was, I think that it really altered my, my view on a relationship. I told her this recently and she, it really broke her heart. But mm. at one point, at one point I, I didn't want to get married because of their dynamic, because I yeah. didn't want to have to do everything for my husband. I didn't want to have to be the one that was going to only work. I just didn't want mm. that, which obviously I know I could have changed the course of that. And I could have, you know, found a guy that but I didn't think that at the time. I was like, this is how it is. Like, I, I just, I don't want this. And so I didn't want to get married for a long time. I want to quickly say that's so interesting mm -hmm. because it, to me, it seems like I had a similar effect, but for very different reasons. My father was just abusive and then they broke up. And, all, and I just, I always tell yeah. my mom, like, oh, I, I don't want to get married because that just doesn't seem happy. And it yeah. seems like the enemy did a really good job in both of us for a while to convince us that the, mm -hmm. the beauty of having a covenant with someone that's centered in the Lord is not worth having. And, and right. it's better to be like, oh, I don't want that. When in reality, like it, when you find the right person and it is centered in the Lord, it can be a beautiful thing. But when yes. you look at your parents and you see what they had, mm -hmm. the enemy's like, oh, but you don't want that. Right. And that, yeah. this, that and the third. So I just wanted right. to say like, that's just. Yeah, like, I agree. Especially because we as Christians, like we should know how sacred a marriage is. Like it's supposed to reflect Christ and the church mm -hmm. and like how, how much Christ loves the church and like how much Christ will lay down his life, how he laid down his life for the church. Um, yeah. That's obviously what marriage represents. And the enemy tries really hard to like keep people cohabitating, fornicating, yeah. like just so that they don't get married so that that does, you know, so they don't have this beautiful covenant that reflects yeah. Christ and the church. And, um, wow. see, I didn't even realize that until now. That's crazy. Thanks God. Um, no, I was about to say, Holy <laughs> spirit was like, Hey, real quick. <laughs> right. So that's that, even that, like, that's what I think that's where the enemy had really planted that. And that's, you know, obviously coming now to, to this literal day we're finding, yeah. realizing that that's, that was his scheme was to keep me from, you know, wanting to yeah. be in Holy union. Um, but yeah, years went by and my parents had ended up separating when I was tw 19. I, How did you feel when they separated? Were you like finally, or were you like? Mm. I think it was a it was a little bit of a finally thing, but it was also like, man, like I just wish that it would have worked out. Like I wish my yeah. dad would have, you know, not. Yeah. Uh, I guess he. I, I wished he would have gotten his crap together. Sorry, yeah. can I say that on here? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> oops. No, but um, <laughs> but my yeah, it it was it was really hard because that's all I knew. So it wasn't like. It probably would have been a little bit different if they would have split up when I was younger. And then mm -hmm. I just, all, all I really knew was a single parent household. But um, at the time too, it was kind of like my dad wasn't really doing anything. He was kind of just taking up space, like not to be rude, like not to be ugly, but he yeah, was kind of just, it, he was. You're identifying yeah. it as it was. At yeah. The, and yeah. so um, it was more, I felt a little relieved at the time too, because there was times when like, my brother and I may not, we didn't even notice it at the time, but there were times that we kind of found ourselves taking, taking care of our dad, where it was like, the roles were backwards. Mm. It was like, okay, well, you should be taking care of us. You're our dad. Yeah. We're yeah. 15 years old. Like, you know, yeah. um, 
And I, I didn't have a healthy, like a healthy view of my dad at all. I was just like, mm. this is, is this how all dads are? Like, I don't, yeah. and I also grew up, um, the area that I grew up in, mm. the people, all of my friends and cousins and everyone grew up with two parent household. There was, it was very rare when there was a single parent household, but yeah. we're at where I'm from here in San Antonio. We're very, it's very family oriented, very about family, very like together. You really don't move mm. out of your family's house till you get married type thing. Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's literally how it is. Um, so it was kind of hard too. Cause I was like, okay, well, this is all I knew. All my friends have their, their parents are all together. Like it's just hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then going into my, my relationship, cause I was with that, my high school boyfriend when my parents were still together. So all he knew was my parents together. Then we split up the state in 2016, we split up me and what him. What was the my, final of your relationship? Like, do you remember what caused the split up? I think I, so I was going to oh. go out to college. Um, I, this was right before I tore my ACL. I was going to go, or was right after I was going to go to college to, um, I was going to go to, uh, it was literally like 30 minutes away, but I, uh, it was like out of town and he was still going to be mm -hmm. in high school for another year, uh, or two. So he didn't want to do long distance. So that's like the premise of it. That was mostly mm -hmm. what it was, but I, there was other toxic things that I did in there that I was just, I was just bad. So I'm pretty sure he yeah. was just like, let's just cut this now. Let's just cut it short yeah. now. 30 um, minutes is enough for me for you to keep your distance. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but the same year that me and him broke up, my was the same year my parents split up. So mm. it all happened. It all happened within the same, like for about four, four months. So it was like a thing after the thing, after the thing. And I was like, yeah, I was like, when is yeah. it going to stop? But yeah. years later, um, God really put like deposited it, deposited it into me that where he was like, I was trying to get rid of a bunch of things. I was trying to help build you wow. because then years later, I ended up going to Bible college. I, I started doing all of these things where I was like, oh, if I would have like tried doing this like yeah. five years ago, I wouldn't have wouldn't had the have capacity worked. to do that. Yeah. Wouldn't have worked at all. Wow. And because wow. when I first, when I first started serving back in 2014, 15, when I first got saved, I automatically knew that I was called to do ministry for the rest of my life. I just knew. Do you mind? Do you mind if I asked how did you? Yeah. Was it like a, a like a feeling or? Yeah, know, it was. It was know? literally. It was literally just a feeling. Like I was just mm. like, but I didn't know anything about that. I don't. I didn't know what yeah. it was to serve in ministry. I was barely serving on the production team, so I was barely doing media. That was literally it. Yeah. Testing the space bar for, for lyrics. That was it. <laughs> I was like. I was like, is this what I'm going to do? So for it's you who to blame like, whenever the next little line doesn't come up. And I'm like trying to keep up with the pace. I don't know. Not anymore. Not anymore because I'm, <laughs> I'm now over them. So, okay. See, like I moved up now. I moved up in the ranks, <laughs> but yes, it was more of like a feeling, but it was, I knew it was God because I had no idea what it entailed. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't know the, like the spiritual weight that came with it. I didn't know the capacity you had to have. I didn't know yeah. the love for people you had to have, like, honestly, <laughs> truly. Cause at that point in my life, I was like, bro, I don't even like people that much. Like, stop, what? stop. Cause that's so relatable. Like, let's take a quick <laughs> pause. Let's take a quick pause. Cause I remember I've, I've literally had this where I'm mm -hmm. like, God, like, not that I'm above everyone, but I don't even, I don't even like people. Oh, and for real. It, it feels like to where I was to where I am now, it feels like God has made me more sensitive. 
Like God literally was like, oh, bet. And now yes. I can't even like, I can't even watch things without crying for a fictional character mm-hmm. because I'm like that. I like, or even yes. like, I just, the Lord really said, oh, you don't like people will well, watch me give you a right. heart for yeah. people. Cause yes. I, didn't, I could care less. I felt like I was, and I felt too, like growing up, my mom, my mom is very empathetic, super empathetic, super sympathetic. She's a great woman. And I know I got a lot of those qualities from her, but I think now that we're all like her, my brother and I, we're all saved. We're all super in church. I feel like now it like is so heightened. Cause like, yeah, I was like when you become a vampire and everything's like heightened. Yes. Like your hearing and everything. That's exactly how it was. And I'm like. God, that's when I was like, God, I think you got it wrong. Like, I think that this is the wrong wrong person, I think. But then that really shows to me, you know, that really shows the true character Mm -hmm. of God and his transformative love that like, that's literally, he literally transformed me. And I've always been very happy and like joyful, but now I'm like, it's just like a different, it hits different now. It's just so different. Wow. It hits different. That's that's really beautiful. And I just, I wanted to ask, cause you know, like some people, everyone has such a different telling of what happened when they got called to a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not to digress, but I watched, I also, this is just a quick plug for an incredible uh, testimony YouTube channel. It's called De La Fe. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but this uh, incredible guy, Maybe. he does uh, interviews of people and they just talk about their testimony of how they come to know Jesus or how mm-hmm. they've given their life to Jesus. Um, a lot of incredible stories. I really love it. Whenever I watch it, it gives me the energy um, and it gets me excited for the people that I watch, but yeah. there's this one guy, he was called for deliverance. He was called, And so the way he described his experience was that growing up, he was super sensitive to the spiritual realm. Mm. Um, and so he said that he got visited on the night daily of like, and he could, he described it as like the enemy knowing that his gift was deliverance. So the enemy was trying wow. to scare him by using the same. So he would see like, people in his room he would see all of these things and he would try to tell mm-hmm. his mom his mom was like oh you're just dreaming and he's like i'm not and so he grew up being super sensitive to it and then just to come to find wow. out that like people would manifest in front of him and he grew up in a pentecostal church so it's even even oh. more heightened yeah. he was like he Dang. witnessed it and yeah he he now that's what he does for a living he does deliverance but I just was so curious because like everyone has such a different experience. And I remember when I watched that one, I'm not even going to lie. I got chills when I watched it and I was just, I'm going to have to go watch it. Cause I, especially like now, yes, help. Yes. Send it to me because even now, I mean, you you. you even heard part, like whenever I was telling you part of my testimony, you know, deliverance plays a part in my, in my testimony as well. And, um, man, it's just, it's so it's good. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Um, I'm going to send you the link, but it's it's so incredibly good. And it just, it gave me chills. And I also kind of got grateful because I was like, I'm so grateful that I don't have that gift. Like, or that. For real. It I'm wasn't like, to the extent where I'm in my bedroom at night freaking out every night. Because he, he yeah. truly described that like every night without fail. So, but you'll, you'll see it. It's, it's called De La Fe. It's a, um, the guy who made it, he's Hispanic. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's in Spanish, De La Fe, but it's like for faith. Um, it's absolutely incredible. I've actually uh, had the opportunity to sit down with him once. Wow. Because uh, he does, well, it was more because he does prayer before he posts any YouTube video. He invites people mm-hmm. to pray with him on a Zoom call. And I just had the blessing to talk to him real quick. And he told me about it. And his his main goal with that channel is just to reach people yeah. um, and to get those testimonies out there. He's such a humble, incredible person. So I will send that oh. to you and his whole, yes. like I've binged almost his whole channel, but I'm going to send you all the good ones that I think you'll really enjoy. But yes. anyways, 
back Love to it. you. Um, but you were saying, yeah, you got called to ministry. It changed who you are, you know, like mm-hmm. at the time, like you didn't care about people. And so yeah, I keep talking about that. So you, 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 you could see God removing things out of your life is where we left. Yes. Off. So I, I, I always saw it as such a negative thing. I was like, I'm just losing people. I'm losing things. Like, you know, my family's broken up now. It just always felt like it always felt so bad and negative. Um, but mm. even with it, even within the recent years, um, the Lord has really given me this peace about, you know, my parents splitting up, especially because my parents, it was, it was an unequally yoked marriage. So, mm. um, but even that, like here in Texas, um, I don't know, y- y'all have common law marriage over there in North Carolina. You know, I wish I could tell you, but I'm a buffoon when it comes to law. Yeah. Okay. So we have a, (laughs) there's, I don't know. I don't know how like nation, how this works with everybody, with everybody else. But here in Texas, if you are living with somebody, um, like cohabitating with somebody for a year, I think, then Mm -hmm. after that, you're technically, you're considered married common law. Oh, it's not. I Googled it. We are not a common law state. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so here in Texas, we are. And um, so if you live with somebody for over a year, then you are considered married. Um, not Ooh. legally, but like, it's like, that's how it is. Um, so like when so I it, file my W-2, am I married or am I, do I get the benefits? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. And um, cause my parents were, fi- my parents were filed together, but they weren't common law married. So it was, they didn't get married in the courthouse. They didn't get married at a church, like none of it. And I didn't wow. know this. I didn't learn this until like maybe four years, three or four years ago. Wow. And so that really, I was like, wow. Because then obviously my parent, we, my brother and I were both like uh, conceived and birthed out of wedlock. So I was yeah. like, oh, it, changed, it just changed everything. Yeah. yeah. And I was like that, that really, you know, brought obviously a lot of like, wounding trauma, um, yeah. sin, like a lot more things, you know, that all comes with yeah. a lot. That's you yeah. learn that in deliverance and inner healing and all that stuff. But, um, wow. that really changed the game. And, uh, but God has really been showing me, like, there were a lot of things that I needed to remove because like, even if, even as close as your dad, because your dad was really going to diminish and like, it wasn't going to show you the fullness of your calling. If you know, you had that factor of an, like an agnostic person, you know, yeah. cause it's going to cr- that crushes your spirit and it doesn't yeah. allow you to grow spiritually. It doesn't allow you to do all these things. Um, yeah. but God, I guess God knew like, it's going to take a long time for him to come to find me. So mm. like, I just needed to separate all of y'all. And so now like my brother and I are both called to ministry. Um, my mom is probably in the best place I've ever seen this woman. And my mom is, the best lady I've, I've known in my entire Aww. life. Um, so I feel like, you know, after that happened, we all came into like the best places that we could have ever been. And yeah. I feel like it just gets better. It just gets better and gets better and gets better. Um, but if it wasn't for that, I think that we'd all probably, I probably would be dead. Mm-hmm. I don't know about my other family members, but for me personally, I probably would have like kicked the bucket a long time ago. I've tried, but God said, no, not today. Um, but yeah, coming into that, I, I didn't even, I never grew up, like I said, uh, dealing with anxiety or depression or suicide until like I got saved. And I was like, why is this happening? Like what you're supposed to be so loving and so, you know, gracious, but like, why do I feel like I want to like off myself every day? Um, 
But I think something yeah, that stuck with let's me. Let's talk about that. What is it like yeah. to be saved but still struggle with, mm-hmm. with that suicide tendency or like thoughts? Yeah. Um, I, I learned this or I heard this in the middle of all that. I didn't hear it right away. Like when I was like dealing with this, cause I didn't know who to tell. I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Do I, I felt weird to talk about it with my mom. I mean, my mom and I are really close, but I just didn't. But she's your mom. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to scare her because like yeah. I mean, my mom is my mom. So she doesn't want me to die obviously, but yeah. I didn't want to scare her. I, my brother and I were not that close at that time. Um, my best friend, I just didn't want to like burden her with that stuff. I was dealing with the, obviously my breakup. I was dealing with a bunch of other stuff. I didn't want to like add another thing to the list. Yeah. So I kind of just kept it to myself. And I think that's where the enemy, you know, really worked. The enemy really worked in that because obviously he wants us to stay in bound and he wants us to keep having those thoughts. So there's one less, you know, person for the kingdom fighting for fighting yeah. for Christ. And yeah, um, I heard one time after when I was dealing with all that, that when you get saved and you declare that the Lord is your, that Jesus is your Lord and savior, there's like this big giant target that gets placed on your back. So the enemy is, the enemy is like, I got to go after that one because when you're, when you're not living for Christ, you're good. Things are going to happen. Yeah. Things are going to happen to you, but it's not going to be as on the, to the extent of like maybe someone that's saved because the enemy already has you in his corner. So it's like, I don't got to deal with them that much. I don't got to throw things at them. I don't got to torment them like that. Um, but I mean, there I've are heard it not... described. Oh, I was just going to say, I've heard it described as an open cell, like an open prison that uh-huh. being, um, not being, not necessarily not being saved, but like when you're living in, um, an unaware world of, of what God can have for you and living mm-hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. you're in a, you're in a prison, but with the door open and it, and uh... the enemy makes the prison so nice. Like you got all the good stuff. You got a flat screen mm-hmm. TV. You got every worldly thing you could ever possibly want. And the door's open. You just don't know that you can leave until one day the door closes and you're there forever. And so it's oh, described as dang, a yeah. as a prison that you could you you can leave, but why would you when it's so nice and comfortable? And um, yeah. I, I agree with the whole target on your back. That same video that I talked about earlier, that guy from Deliverance said that um, every time that you do something for the kingdom of God, hell is going to retaliate. Hell mm-hmm. is going to come after you because it's it's I I. I played soccer growing up. I've always loved mm-hmm. soccer. It has my heart, but I always see it as a soccer field, right? When mm-hmm. I was playing soccer, I'm, I'm a competitive person. Do not play with me. I'm a hurt somebody's Same. feelings. Same. I, I am saved, but like, I still struggle. So <laughs> when, especially in soccer, like when I would play, I was like, I'm, I'm kicking someone's butt on this field. Yes. And like, mm-hmm. all I would see is like, you're my opponent opponent. So I'm keeping this ball. Same thing mm-hmm. though. Like if I had the ball, I was the target. And so I've always said like there's two forces at play. There's a positive and a negative yes. force, right? And a lot of the times people are like, well, why God would, why would God? And it's like, God is an all-knowing being, but we also got to know that there's a negative being at play here. Like the yeah. enemy loves to act like everything is God's fault. Like he's not tipping the scale here and there. Like like what he mm. did with Job. God was bragging on Job. Like, oh my gosh, like my son Job, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's incredible. And the enemy is like, yeah, well, I bet. And like, let me, let me mess with him and let me this. And God being on knowing, knowing that Job's story would, would truly help so many of us down the road reading the Bible. Right. Allowed it to happen, but it wasn't God's idea. It was yeah. the enemy who came in. So absolutely. Like when you are being, when God is bragging about you when God is saying like, oh, my daughter, mm-hmm. she's incredible. The enemy's like, okay, well, let's, let's see how great she let's is. Let's do it. Yeah. Bet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um. 
what was I what was I saying before this? I forgot. You were saying that you got saved and then things started to shift. You know, like when yes. before when you're of the world, you're comfortable and then you become saved and then all of a sudden you're like, it's hard out here. Yeah. So then like the target was like and I feel like it would grow and grow and grow and I'm like, stop getting bigger. Um mm. but but God's like, Yeah, because if if I if I was because then there was even like there was a season where I was saved, uh, but I was still I started going out again. Like I started going to the bars. I was drinking again. Um, I started kind of like sleeping around again. And I was like, but then God's like, you are doing it to yourself. I'm not doing it to you. Your free yeah. will is at play and you're doing it to yourself. Um, I've, I've tried, I've tried to do things, you know, um, like God yeah. was trying to, and there was even times like, I know God was still protecting me in that. Yeah. Um, but God's like, come on, let's get it together. Like, but never forcefully, like ever. I agree with that because you reminded me. So there's this, there's this one time like saved, you know, baptized, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. But I, I, I made the choice of taking an edible and I had Mm -hmm. taken edibles before I had, you know, smoked before all of this stuff, all of the worldly things. And I just remember being like, well, I'm, I'm just going to take it. I don't know what it mm-hmm. was. I'm going to go ahead and say that the enemy definitely convinced me that it would be fine. Yeah. And I took it. And this experience was so different from any other experience I had. And I always, I, I, I was telling someone earlier or before that I think that God did that on purpose. I think that God heightened my experience more to teach me that he oh, led yeah. me away from it. Because I felt like God afterwards is like, you don't you're sensitive like you can't do that anymore like you can't get away before you were Mm. of the world you could take the world but now you can't do that anymore like you do that now and what you get is much worse it's because i did not feel zen i remember i kid you not megan i was sitting on this and i laugh at it now but i was sitting on a on a chair Uh uh-huh and time was moving so slow i felt like i was trapped i felt like i was stuck and i would look I remember it was like four and it was like 402 and I'd sit there and I was like, oh, an hour definitely passed. And I'd look and it was 404 and I was <sighs> trapped in this time. Like it felt like the world just would like time kept going slower and slower and oh, slower. Yeah. And I kept feeling like I could not escape it. And all of that to say that like, I, it took so, it took a while. I want to say like it took like four to five, six hours before it finally like dissipated. Ooh. But Dang. I just remember that never again like yeah. i will never be talked into doing it again i'll never be convinced i'll never convince myself again because the lord really just showed me that i'm i can't even if i want yeah. to like, i'm not of the world anymore like what i eat is different mm-hmm. now what i take my sensitivity is different and, and it just really opened my eyes that like you can become of the world and you can become desensitized and then when you do wake up and something's not right you it's like highlighted yeah and it's blinding and yeah. so like when you said that it really spoke to me because i'm like wow like that's so true like it's yeah that's good you, you can't yeah but you yeah go ahead girl yeah because even going into that too like i i was i i felt like it's it was always the same like when i would read the bible it was always the same things it was always like this mm-hmm. i would just read the little things that i knew here and there but then yes. um it was until i started going into like deep intense bible studies with some of my friends I was mm-hmm. like, my mind was like, almost like, oh my gosh, like I'm, why am I still doing half these things that I used to do when, before I got saved, 
why am I doing it now? Like I have to move away, like, especially with learnings too. It's like, you don't have to go over the same things. Like there's, there's more to the 10 commandments. Like there's more mm. to than there's more than these little minuscule things that people like to highlight in the Bible. Like, yeah, there's, I, I can confidently say that there are probably, there are so many Christians out there that don't know about spiritual warfare and that don't, yes. and that's so yes. terrible. Like we are doing such an injustice as, as a capital C church, because wow. that is the enemy has done a very good job to keep that like down on the DL. Like, like what, what, why fight if you don't know that you have to, you know, yes. that, and I love that you said that because I, up until last year did not take spiritual warfare seriously. I didn't know mm -hmm. what it was. I didn't understand it. I didn't even read up about it. And I remember that before I started this podcast, bef like before I, the Lord even revealed it to me, mm -hmm. God, I remember God telling me like, you need to start taking spiritual warfare seriously. Wow. Because once I started to accept what doing this podcast, I started to experience sleep paralysis. I started to experience wow. like spiritual warfare through family. And I remember just being like, oh, like God, you weren't kidding. This is a real thing. And so I love that you said that because you do need to highlight spiritual. Mm -hmm. You are absolutely correct, Megan. It is so mm -hmm. incredibly important that. And I, I think too, I'm yeah, kidding. I, I think that the, I think what really opened my eyes to that was like right before I went through deliverance, because I, I didn't understand like why I was still in cycles. I was still doing the same things. Like I was still always running to the same things. Like there was always like a period of time where I was like on fire for the Lord and then like, the fire would diminish. And then I would start going into the same thing and it was all a big cycle. <sighs> then I would do the same thing over again. I would sleep around, drink, smoke. Then I would stop for a little bit because I would be on fire for the Lord. And then mm -hmm. it would come and it was the same thing over and over. Yeah. And it would happen a couple times a year. It would, it would just the same times every year. And so then I realized that I was like experiencing like seasonal depression because around the mm -hmm. same times where I was low was always the same time every year. Um, mm -hmm. My highs mm -hmm. were always the same time every year. So that's why I love the summertime because the summertime I was like thriving and on fire for the Lord. And then the fall time I was in turmoil. I was in chaos. I was running away from all these things, trying to run to all these things to numb it. Um, and it was the same thing every single year for like four years in a row. And I'm like, I don't like this. Like I want this to stop. Yeah. Um, wow. And I had, ex I experienced a really, Oh, it was, it was a really hard time. Um, a couple of years after my breakup, my high school breakup, I, um, I was struggling with, with suicide very bad. I, I, it was mm -hmm. heightened. It was, it was just really bad. And I got triggered one day, uh, at, at church actually with, um, mm a guy that I had used to date at my church had, it was kind of fresh too. It was like a, you know, it was a kind of a fresh little like ending. And so he had brought a new girl to church and I was extremely triggered so mm. bad. And of course people could say I was being dramatic, but it was the things that I was dealing with internally that made it that much worse. Um, yeah. I went home and I was throwing a fit. My mom was like, you were having a tantrum, like on the way home. You were screaming what did you say? murder. Oh. I was just, I was crying. I was just crying <sighs> and I was screaming like, I want to go home. But it was one of those deep cries where it was like, mm -hmm. it was just a deep cry. I was just like, I couldn't breathe. Like it was bad. It was very bad. Oh, like panic attack involved. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I got home and I kept hearing in my head just end it. 
there is a place in your closet you can just hang yourself just do it and i was like <sighs> so i was starting to I, I grabbed a shoelace i was like i don't know how the hell a shoelace is gonna i was about to say up. i don't know that's the so word I, right I was there gonna, that's i was gonna try the shoelace it's gonna fail <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, it, was, it was within the moment, right? So I um, love it though. Like I, I don't love it, but I just love that you're like shoelace. Let's go. So confident, <laughs> right? Like, what do you uh, expect me to do? Right. And so, um, I had, I was gonna try. I don't, I didn't know how it was gonna happen, but I was gonna try. Um, and I was just screaming. I don't. I was just screaming on the top of my lungs, like stop, mm. stop, stop, stop. And I finally had like late in my bed. I remember my mom had told me like a couple years later, she wanted so badly to come into my room to tell mm -hmm. me to calm down until I help calm me down. But she, and my mom is very in tune with the spirit. So my mom was like, the Holy spirit literally stopped me in front of your door and told me not to go in, like, just sit out here wow. and please just, and just pray. And wow. so my mom literally was, she was like, I could, she said the Lord had put all the chaos, like she could feel the chaos and the anxiety wow. and all of that. She could feel it through, through the door. And so my brother also was in the living room and he was like warring. That brother was going, he was praying up and down the house. Mm. And uh, wow. my brother, my brother also had to take on the spiritual authority role out of, you know, of the house at a very young age. Yeah. He was like 15, 16. So, um, and so he's, my brother's done an exquisite job at doing his best at being, the head of the house. Um, wow. and so in that, in that moment, all he knew was to pray. So he went, prayed. Wow. My mom had her hand on my door and was praying like God, you know, and my mom didn't know what to pray. She was like, I didn't know what to pray in that moment. Like, I didn't wow. know what you were dealing with. I didn't know how bad it was. Um, but she was just praying for the Lord to have his hand on me and to protect me. And so I was in there go like, it was, it was bad. I literally felt, and I was, crying so hard my eyes were closed i remember because i was like trying to like get it to go away uh i was laying down at this point and i was just screaming and crying and mm. i felt i had like the lord gave me a vision of it where like the enemy i literally could see like a, li a little tiny satan and a little tiny jesus literally fighting over me like the enemy was fighting mm. for me and was like she's mine and jesus was like no, she belongs over here. She belongs with me. Like they were fighting tug of war style. That's what wow. it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. And Ooh, chill, I, girl. yes. And Jesus, I felt this tiny little voice in the back of my head saying, just call out to me. Just call Just say my name. Just, just call out mm, to me. And it was so wow. soft. And I, it, I kept saying like, I can't, I can't do it. And I was screaming like loud. And then finally I, I, I said, I screamed, Jesus, help, Jesus, help me. And then, and then I just, in my mind, I just saw the enemy just let go of this, this rope. Wow. And that's what it felt like. Everything ceased, like all, like the negativity, all the demonic forces that were over my room, literally it all just ceased. Wow. And then my wow. mom walked, then my mom walked into my room. Cause she said that the Lord, she, the Lord led her to walk through my, my door wow. as soon as that saw ended. And she came and sat on my bed and I asked her, like, can you just please pray for me? And so she like put her hands over my head and prayed over my mind and my, like my mental. Wow. And then, yeah, it was, that was crazy. And then I, that was the day that marked for me that spiritual warfare is extremely real. It's extremely alive wow. and it is 
the the demo- the demonic side is as active as heaven is and it's they're yeah. both at play and they're at they're at, on it all the time it's 24 7 and i am so incredibly grateful that you share that because i don't think a lot of people especially believers too, mm-hmm. recognize and again i'll use myself as an example i did mm-hmm. not realize how important spiritual warfare was i did not give yeah. it enough credit um I, I just did it. And I really love that you shared that beautiful imagery of how you described it, because that is so powerful. A lot of yeah. the times that that's exactly what it feels like. You're struggling mm-hmm. and you can't utter the name Jesus. And also it's, it's like, it's, it's hard. And you have to literally like with all of your strength, seek him and call out to him. And yeah. I love that you just went into all of that. And like, I'm again, I'm like so grateful that you share that because you mm-hmm. reminded me of, um, I too it experienced a lot of like, like border. Like I, I was so convinced that I was going to commit suicide. Like I was going to take my own life. I, I was convinced that I was going mm-hmm. to do it. I had gotten to a point where I had written everything. This was before I was saved. Like this is, mm-hmm. um, like I, I struggled horribly. Like I had a lot of self harm issues and, and and suicidal tendencies. And 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 I, you know, I would write letters. And mm-hmm. and I look back now, and I'm literally like, like you said earlier, like I'm only alive because God wants me alive yeah i am convinced that i too would have kicked it had i been in control had i listened because i remember i was a teenager and i my mom would be driving and i would be just so consumed by this this darkness and and sadness and i would hear like oh just open the car door and throw yourself out like like open the car door and and like i I, all these intrusive thoughts they would just run i'm like that's normal right but like no (laughs) no and i would be so like consumed by by like 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 sadness and i would want to do it but it's it's truly beautiful to see back that i think the holy spirit took hold of me and would not let me would not let me do it and mm-hmm. and i just like i love that you but but the thing is i don't have a story where i can describe me in the middle of a battle and being able to 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 like explain yeah. how jesus like i love that not only you talked about how that was from your perspective, but we got your mom's perspective, which is beautiful. And we got your brother's like mm-hmm. what he's doing too. And the power of prayer is so yes. important when you're dealing with spiritual warfare and like, you know, having people there who, when you can't pray, will pray for you. And even if they don't know what to pray, like, yes, it's just absolutely beautiful that you share that. Like that is, that is incredible. And like, just to get that perspective. Like that is, yeah. that is more valuable than, than gold and anything, because that, like you said, it gives you a perspective of spiritual warfare is real and we got to take it seriously. And I, I never took it seriously until mm-hmm. recently. And I'm so glad that God yeah. said, girl, you need to get on your stuff. And, and I like similar, like before I started the podcast or when God asked me to leave my job, I struggled. Mm-hmm. Like I would pray to the point where like I was having anxiety attacks, not because I didn't want to do it was it was because well I didn't want to leave my job I loved it but yeah. I didn't want to leave but I I love God more and so I started to experience like a lot of doubt not about mm-hmm. necessarily God but just about myself and all this stuff and so my boyfriend would pray for me but as soon as I left my job I felt this peace come over me like I just felt so at peace and no regret very happy and I told him I was like oh I'm not struggling anymore and he said well they have nothing to fight against now. You did what God asked you to do. So they have no reason to hold you back now. You did it. And it wow. shocked me that while I was trying to make that decision, I was struggling really, really bad. Wow. Like I was just 
not okay. And I was still holding on. And the moment that I, I, I left and it was difficult for me, but I did it. All of the voices stopped. Like even in wow. like right now, while I was walking with God and I was spending and worshiping and praying, there's this spiritual warfare going on and I couldn't pick up on it, but mm. it wasn't until he said that, that he's like, they have nothing to fight for anymore. You did what God called you to do. They were trying to hold you back and convince you into not stepping into what God was asking wow. you to step into. And um, obedience, obedience. So I'm good. telling you, yeah. it's it's so good. And I'm so, again, I'm so grateful for that imagery that you gave in that, just mm-hmm. the rawness of that, because I really hope that that helps somebody. There might be somebody I out do there too. who yes. struggles with that, men- like not, not mentality, but like struggles with the mental health that comes with spiritual warfare, because we're on a broken world and we're in, in, mm-hmm. in all of this. And so, oh, thank you so much again, Megan, like that was beautiful. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. And then like, I know that there are Christians out there that, that struggle with mental health issues. And, um, sometimes it, yes, there's like, you know, scientific evidence behind you know, m- mental health and, you know, but that, that's not the case for everybody. Like for me, it was, it was all spiritual. Um, I, I know that for a fact, I was never diagnosed with anything, but I know that it was all spiritual. Um, this, like the spirit of suicide is very real. Um, spirit of depression, very real. Um, spirit of anxiety, very real. And I also remember too, because I, I, it didn't go away. Like it wasn't something to like, that's a misconception as well. I would like to think, um, mm-hmm. that it doesn't just go away until you tell it to. Um, because I never said like, God, take this away from me. I never, you know, I never demanded it to come out. Um, but I will say, I remember two, uh, years later, I was fine, you know, doing ministry, doing the things. And, uh, probably like two years later, I met a new guy and I dated him on and off. It was very toxic on and off, but I had told you about him when we were on the phone. I met Mm -hmm. him at church. I met him at church. He was uh, five years older than me. He uh, was like everything on the outside that I would have wanted, you know, tall, skinny, full of tattoos. And I was like, that one, I want him. He got and a type. He got a type. Not calling dibs at church, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I, like, I'm I, sorry. I know. <laughs> He's like, I didn't realize you put an order. I didn't know. Um, I know I put in a request. Um, but. <laughs> But then I, uh, yeah, we started dating, you know, the backstory, we, I basically came friends with his sister. Uh, that's how I kind of like put myself in the equation. And then we started talking. Then we started dating very on and off. We got together in 2020. So two years later, it took him two years to ask me to be his girlfriend. I should have ran away mm-hmm. a long time ago, but the I first, didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, when I started dating him, I knew that he was like struggling with a bunch of stuff at that time. Um, he, has a lot of mental health issues. You know, he was struggling with depression, with anxiety. He had the occasional suicidal thoughts, you know, and um, there was just other stuff that he was dealing with at that time as well. And I felt cleansed, you know, I didn't have any soul ties. I was like, I prayed all, I, you know, the Lord took it all away. I surrendered it all. It's all gone. So I felt like I was on a clean slate. But then when I started dating him, it was, again, back to square one. And it felt like it was all the same things all over again. The drinking, Mm -hmm. he had got really, before he got saved, he was a drug user and an alcohol abuser. And he got saved and he completely stopped doing it all. And then he experienced a lot of church hurt and a lot of things. So it took him back. 
And he started doing mm-hmm. all those things again. So when we started dating, that's what I would do. That was like our yeah. fun. We would go and we would go and drink with his friends and go do all these things. And we were sleeping together. And so it was all, I was like, this is what I knew. It was comfortable. And it was like the norm for me. So mm. I, but I, at this point in my walk, I was feeling extreme conviction, like to the point where I would like want to throw up. I was like, I can't, mm. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself. Like, why do I put myself in this situation? Why did I do this? But then my flesh was like, because I love him. I love this guy. I want to yeah. be with him. And this is what I have to do to be with him. And God had to really humble me. I felt like I was trying to set myself apart where I was like going to church. And I was, you know, I, I had this amazing group of friends. We would do all these great Bible studies together and we would all try to keep each other in check and accountable um, righteously, not in like this weird demeaning way, but like, you know, righteously but no one ever no one ever told me anything about my boyfriend like they all knew him because his sister my my friend that i was friends with she was part of my friend group and no one would ever tell me anything about my relationship because they all knew i would not listen Mm. and they had all come into agreement that only god was going to be able to change my mind about it no one else could so they kind of like let, not let me, like they were giving me permission, but I stayed with him and I was back in this whole place of living two lives where I was like my life with my boyfriend and then my church life. Mm. Um, but I would still tell, I'm telling you my conviction, it was bad about it. Like God would so many times do little things for me to leave. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen. Yeah, I was like, okay, well then, but I love him. Like why? God, why can't you change him? Why aren't you changing him? Like, I'm asking you mm. to please change his heart. Like, yeah, why aren't you doing it? And I remember I was praying one day. I was literally at his apartment and he was playing his video games and he was doing whatever. And I was sitting on his bed and I was reading my Bible. And I was praying, like I was writing in my journal. And I was like, God, change his heart. God, do this, whatever. I know you're going to do whatever. Mm. And I remember God stopped me from writing. I like stopped mid-sentence and he was like, I cannot do something he is not wanting me to do. Mm. I cannot change him because he does not want to. He is not willingly, he's not giving up what he's doing. He's not giving, he's not laying his life down. He's not sacrificing his life to be with me. So I cannot Mm. do anything. And that's just, that also just showed me the gentleness of God and like the, how gentle and how kind God is. Cause he's like, I'm not going to force myself on you. I'm not going to yeah. force you into your, I'm not going to force myself into your heart. You have to want me to come in. You have to want me to change your life. Um, so I was just really, I was, you know, fighting two things and I wanted to be with him, but I wanted God. Like I loved him, but I loved Christ more. But my actions yeah. obviously were not, they weren't showing that. They weren't showing that at all. Yeah. And um, I remember we had a uh, broke up because I was, it, it was just toxic and we were just back and forth. And he would tell me I was immature. He would tell me I was, I needed to grow up and whatever. He didn't like 
all the, any of the friends that I had. He just wanted to keep me isolated. He wanted to, he would manipulate me a lot about like, nobody wanted me to be happy. That's why people would tell me to break up with him. And just mm -hmm. like gaslighting 101, yeah. like just, yeah, he would pull from the gaslighting book. And, um, <laughs> but that, but then I, it was because now knowing it was a lot of stuff that he dealt with as a child that he never dealt with the way he grew up mm -hmm. and like, you know, the things that he would do um, before he got saved, he never fully surrendered things to the Lord. And I remember one time I was dealing with, I, I was having a really bad panic attack and I hadn't had, I hadn't had one in probably like two years before that. Since then I hadn't had one. And, um, I asked the Lord, why does this feel worse than it has ever felt? And God said, because when you joined your soul with his, you took on, you were willingly taking on everything that he was dealing with. So mm. your depression that you were dealing with was doubled. The anxiety you were Double dealing with Double it and give it to the next person. Literally. I was like, <laughs> oh, so that's, and so then I felt it was awful. I had never mm. had panic attacks like that before, ever in my life. And, um, and then I started learning about deliverance. And my, the deliverance minister that had, you know, that he administered deliverance um, to me was actually related to this guy, to my ex-boyfriend. They were cousins. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, oh. so it, I think it, so I feel like it kind of helped because they yeah. knew everything that he was dealing with. So it's like, we yeah. know exactly what to pray for. We know what to like ask yeah. to leave or demand to leave. and. Um, before I went through deliverance, I was at probably my all time low mm. worse than I was when I tried to commit suicide that one time it was mm. worse than that. I was at the point I didn't want to go to church anymore. I wanted to stop going to church because I literally had lost hope in going to church. Um, I didn't want to hang out with the friends I was hanging out with because he had convinced me that my friends were all bad. Um, mm. it was just at a bad point. And, um, that it was like a Saturday night and I told myself, I, I, I know I have, but I would still go to church because I knew in my spirit, I needed to go. Like I knew the Lord mm. always telling me, you need to be at church. Like you need to go to church. Yeah. And I, in, when me and this guy had first started talking like a couple years before this all happened, um, our relationship beginning was the reason why we both left our church that we were at. Um, so the church that I go to now, the church that I got saved in, we both mm -hmm. left because nobody wants mm -hmm. us to be together. Nobody thinks that we're going to be happy. No one wants us to be happy. Uh, whatever. All the, these things mm -hmm. that we, we let the enemy plant yeah. our minds. So church hurt wasn't really church hurt. It was because I wanted to live my own life and they were trying to hold me accountable and I didn't want it. Yeah. And so that was you something that, ready. Yeah. that was a hard pill to swallow because I was telling everyone like, oh, I'm, I was church hurt and like, blah, blah, blah. People were awful, but God had to really humble me, sit me down and say, Hey, it wasn't the church. It wasn't them. It was you and your free will. And you wanted to go live your life and you didn't want to be held accountable, which that yeah. happens. It happens to the best. Yeah. It happens to all of us. It happens. Oh, um, yeah. So I, the Lord really worked in that season of my life as well. But you know, I wasn't at this, my home church anymore. I was at a smaller church and, um, the, this next Sunday I went to church because I knew I had to, but I had told myself as soon as I get out of church, 
I am going to drive my car off the highway. <laughs> so mm. intrusive. I was like, I yeah. wanted to, I wanted to end it again. And so yeah. I was going to drive myself off the highway somehow or just yeah. crash into something. And we get, I get to church and I had my, I had a hoodie on and I literally had my hood on the whole time. Like I walked in like this mm -hmm. head down. I felt so defeated and mm -hmm. did not even tell anybody hi, just went and I would always sit. I, everyone knows me and they know that I love to sit on the front row because worship is like my thing. So I was about to say, that's the best place in the front to row. for worship. Yes. So, but I sat in the very back, last row in the mm -hmm. back, and in the corner. Like, I didn't want anyone to see me. And um, the couple that was, that administered, that had administered deliverance onto me, they actually were going to my church at this time. So they uh, were, they were like my mentors at this time in my life. And yeah. they, his wife, the wife, she came up to me and she, you know, hey, Miha, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Like, you just, you seem, are you tired? You don't seem like yourself. Like I'm praying for you. I'm politely you. trying to say, what's up? What are you going through? Yeah. Yeah. That's the polite way of saying like, mm -hmm. yes. And, um, and sh they're, they're not really ones to pry and to like nag mm. and question like that. But I mean, obviously yes, to like make sure you're okay. But, um, so she was asking me like, you know, like, are you okay? You know, you know, you can talk to me and, uh, whatever. So she prayed for me really quick right there. And then worship started. And th during worship, like it was great. I was, you know, worshiping and I even found myself worshiping, but I found parts of this, like, it was hard to like lift my hands mm. and to like, yeah, I just felt very stubborn. And I, my pastor at that time, it was very normal for him to get up in the middle of the set and go on stage and like give a word, like a short little word that God would give him. Mm. And in the middle of the worship set, oh, it was so crazy. I was like, man, God really looks wow. out for us because my pastor had got up or the pastor, he's not my pastor anymore, but the pastor had gotten up mm -hmm. onto this, the stage and he was getting choked up because he was like, this is really hard to say because it's very heavy, but you know, this, this, there's a, there is, a, there's a spirit of suicide lingering in this, um, in the Ooh, sanctuary. Chose. And so I was in the back and I was like, I literally stood there and I was like, is it you brother? Like, I don't, mm. uh, <laughs> uh, so I was, but I knew, not me. I knew it was about me. I knew it was like, that was something mm. that God, God was trying to get a hold of me in that moment. But you did the thing where you like moved around your head. Like, yeah, I was like, uh, and I, I was crying. I was uh, sobbing. I was sobbing yeah. at this point. And mm. oh, I was actually on the ground. I was like on my knees, like crying. And yeah. so I heard him say that. And I was like, oh, I was like, God, I know this is for me. Like I, my ears are open. I'm listening. And so I don't, I don't remember what the word was. I don't, I just knew it was for me. And I, you know, God did his thing, spoke, he, my, that pastor spoke the word and I received it gladly. Um, yeah. but it, it was a word I knew saved me from ending my life. So mm. after church, my mom called me because my mom was at my church I'm at now. She was still there. So she called me and she was mm -hmm. like, hey, we're going to eat, blah, blah, blah. So come meet, meet me at Cheesecake Factory. And I was like, oof. I was like, I can't pass up a cheesecake. So I went. I was about to say, I was about to say, you told me we were going to Cheesecake Factory. Especially after a long morning I had. So I was like, okay, yeah. 
And I didn't want to be around people because, I mean, if you've ever been into a, a really deep spiritual experience like that, you want to sleep. Like, you just want to do nothing. Um, so I, down. Went, I wanted to go home and sleep, but I was like, but I know I need to not go home. Like, I know I need to go. So I went and I was with my mom's friends from church and people that know me, like they've known me because I was going to that church before. Um, so everyone's like, hey, Megan, how are you doing? Whatever. And I was just like, I'm good. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Then the pastor texts me and he's like, hey, I, do you have a minute? I, uh, I want to talk to you, whatever. Uh, I told him I would call him when I got home. So I did. When I called him, he asked me, he was like, I, I know this is really personal, uh, but was that word that the Lord gave me today? Was it for you? And I God, was like, in case you didn't get it earlier, I'm going to make it a little more. I know. I was like, I was like, yes. And cause he had kind of asked me like to check in cause at he was a single pastor, so he mm -hmm. it was really easy for him to be personable with people in the church. Um, yeah. And so he was – I was very close to him um, in, like, the spiritual head aspect. Like, I trusted him with a lot. So he, he was very open with asking me this question and wow. talking to me wow. and being personable. So I told him, and he started getting choked up because, you know, I had known him for a bit and – he learned a lot about me and he knew I went through quite a bit like with church and stuff like that. So he was like, I am, he's like, I, I know God just wants you to know that, um, your life's not, it doesn't, it doesn't need to end now. There's so much that he has in store for you. And there's so many places he's mm. going to take you. Um, Come on. like there's so much, you haven't lived in the fullness of what God has for you. And yes. I, and I think that was something that I was longing for. I was looking for that, those mm. words specifically, because it felt like mm. I had, it felt like there was parts of me that was like, this is, this relationship is where I'm going to be the rest of my life. I'm going to be miserable for the rest of my life. Um, mm. I don't, no one else is going to love me like or at all. I never going to love anyone. Like I love this guy. Um, mm. but tactics, the enemy, the enemy will do anything Girl. he can. He will use little things like that. Um, to keep you bound and not to not be able to set you free, to get set I, free. I just, I really just want to say two things right now. Like one, Go ahead. one, I just incredibly amazing that he called you or asked you to call him because it can be so uncomfortable when the Lord leads you to say mm -hmm. a word or to reach out to someone or to pray for someone or to walk up to someone. And they can be like, uh-uh, 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 because like, yeah, Lord, I can pray in the privacy of my closet. Please don't make me tap that person on the shoulder. But like, for real, I just think that it's so important to highlight right now that if the mm -hmm. Lord asks you and is leading you to, and I'm one to talk because like, this is something that I too need to grow in more. But yeah. if God is leading us to step in, it's because it needs to be done. If the Lord is asking us to bring up a conversation, if the Lord is pulling us to say, Hey, you look a little tired. Are you doing okay? Or like, how's yeah. this going? Like, is there anything that you need right now? Cause like, we are naturally not prideful, but like we, it takes a lot for us to admit that we need help. It yeah. takes a lot because we don't know how to say, I'm really struggling mentally right now. Right. Right. I'm in an uncomfortable, I was wrong, but I love this person, but I don't know what's going on. Or I really need help right now. I don't have any money to eat. Like that is a lot. That's really scary to admit. Mm -hmm. But yeah. when someone comes willingly wanting to help you, it softens it, you know, because yes. you didn't, you weren't going to walk up and say that word was for me. 
It takes mm-hmm. a lot to do that. So for yeah. him to come and say, Hey, was, was that for you? That takes just as much. Um, and for him to do that, just adding that additional confirmation and giving yeah. you that validation of like, like the Lord is reaching for me. Like, like yes. this person went out of their way to reach for me. And, 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 and the other thing I wanted to mention real quick was how the enemy wants to keep you in, in, in the wrong situation. Like, that lie of like, no one else is going to love me. I'm never going to be happy with this is where I'm stuck. Like I, mm-hmm. I can't go anywhere. That is such a lie. Cause I mean, I've been right. in a relationship. I was previously engaged mm-hmm. in a relationship where there was just a lot of like lying and cheating and all of these things. And just, I didn't realize how good I could have it because I was convinced that that was the best I was going to get. This is the best offer. Yes, this is the best offer I have. This is the best situation that I could be in. There's nothing else better. There's no one out there who's going to love me better than this, even though that this is low quality grade love. Like I'm not even, I'm not even valued right now. But in my mind at the time, I was convinced that this is the person I was supposed to be with. I was convinced that that if they left me, I, I would be, I'm not valuable. No one else is going to, no one else is going to care about me. Mm-hmm. And it took, it took so much for me to want to fall in love with myself, which is hard on its own. Right. And when someone else comes around and shows you what kindness and love and gentleness looks like, and you're baffled because you're like, I went this entire time believing that this was the best that I was going mm-hmm. to get. So for anyone who's listening, who, for anyone who finds themselves in a relationship right now and you're not happy, like you're struggling, um, you know, you're finding yourself in more and more arguments. I really encourage you to sit for a moment and realize your value in mm-hmm. God's eyes, right? Yes. What does scripture say about you as a woman, that you are important, that you are cherished, that you are loved, that you are wonderfully and beautifully made, and that, yes. that you are to be taken care of, that you are to be honored and loved. And I just think that it's really important to see What's going on right now? Am I yeah. being honored? Am I being loved? Am I being respected? Are my boundaries being respected? Mm-hmm. Am I having to step out of my bubble and become uncomfortable to keep my relationship? Because if you're stepping out of what you know you are called to do or what you know is expected of us and you're being uncomfortable with what you're doing, that person does not have your best for, for you. Like they don't yeah. have good intentions for you. Yeah. I hate to say that, but no one who truly loves you would ask you to step out of your comfort like that or disrespect right. what you've made very clear for yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's very important to like yes. set up that expectation now and say, okay, I know. Or like, even if you're trying to better yourself, if you're trying to go to college, if you're trying to get a job and they're talking down, it's one thing to say, mm. oh, the schedule doesn't allow it. Let's see if we can maybe find something else. But if they're telling you that for what, why do you want to do that? Like, you want someone who's going to cheer you on for all the yes. things that God has for you and who will pray for you. Mm-hmm. And if you are being separated from your friends and you're being told all of this stuff and you're being convinced that they're the only thing that's good for you, something's not right. Because the only thing that's good for you, without a doubt, is the Lord. The Lord yes. is never going to fail you. God mm-hmm. is never going to break his promise. But we're we're so imperfect that we can't put all of our eggs into one relationship, into one basket. because it's going to crumble. So I just, I love, I love that you said that because Mm -hmm. taking that opportunity now that like, if you're listening, like, I just really encourage you that like, pray that 
when God reveals to you, you know, what your relationship is, what it's doing, is it good, continue. But if you're uncomfortable and your mental health is struggling, now it's it's a it's one thing to have your mental health struggling and have nothing to do with your relationship. It right. can have nothing to do with your relationship. But if you are looking and thinking, this is the best that I can get, that's a lie from the enemy. Mm-hmm. Because God like the, the gift of singleness is beautiful. The gift yes. of singleness is something that God can truly grow you and develop you. Like I truly believe that when you're single and only focusing on yourself, there's so much beauty behind it. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with being single. That should never be, a be it's, you should never be afraid of being single because God can work in that and he can grow you right. and develop you and then provide for you an incredible person. So again, like if it's you so ever good. find yourself in this situation or you're hearing Megan talk and you're like, Mm, that sounds a lot like what I'm dealing with. I really, and I just really encourage you that you seek the Lord and, mm-hmm. and anchor yourself in him right now and just say like, God is in mind this situation also. Yeah, that's good. And then also if you like find, find people that are not at a higher level than you, but ha- are for a little further along in their walk that have walked with the Lord for a longer period of time that have that wisdom that you trust. Because at that point in my life, I had people like that, but I was running from it badly. And that's mm-hmm. all I needed. I needed people to be able to come alongside me and be with me while I was hurting. And I, the enemy kept me away from that. So if you have people that can like come alongside you and help you not make these decisions for you, but kind of help you realize like, Hey, maybe this isn't the best thing. Because another thing I will say is if this, if you're a person you are with is separating you, like if you have to keep your relationship with them separate from your relationship with God, then that is a big no, no, (laughs) like like your relationship with God should come in between your relationship. Like it should be Mm -hmm. in the middle. Um, because a, a message that I heard, um, sometime last year or at the beginning of this year, it was from Sadie Robertson. I don't know if you know who Sadie Robertson Ooh, I is. I love her. Yes. Love her. Yes. Slay. Um, the dynasty. <laughs> yes. Yes. So she, she spoke, <laughs> she spoke a message at passion this year, um, about how, how we shouldn't separate our personal life from our uh, spiritual life. It should all come together. So if mm. your relationship is separated from your spiritual life, then it's probably not going to be a good relationship and it probably it's yeah. not a relationship you should be in. So that's just yeah. something that I, I have to like always put in my head and especially oh, wow. with, like dating my boyfriend now. So awesome. And he loves the Lord with all his whole entire heart. And it's very different. It's very weird to be in something so healthy. Cause I'm like, how do I communicate? Ooh, this is We're not- yes, for <laughs> real. So, yeah, I have to say that is something that I had to get used to, not to start talking about our boyfriends, but listen, <laughs> it, um, <laughs> one thing I want to say is that I, God had to highlight something that was not okay in me was my boyfriend is non-confrontational and I did not know how, I did not know how to handle that. I didn't, mm-hmm. I had no idea that that was an option. So he's the type of person that I can literally say this, this, and this bothered me. And he'll say, oh. I'm so sorry. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Like I had no idea that made you feel that way. I will adjust. I, I've always been ready to throw up hands, not physically, but like I've always been ready to like argue. Like, yeah. I used to think I was going to be a lawyer because I loved it so much. Dang. And God had to literally show me that like things can be resolved without arguing. Why are you mm-hmm. arguing? Because like he won't. He will not. He's the type of person where he will listen to what you have to say and will communicate back. And if he doesn't agree with you, he'll just say, 
oh, why do you, why do you feel that way? What, where is that coming from? And it literally has encouraged me to be that type of person. Cause I was the type That's of so person good. where I, I would argue and this, that, and the third. And now it's really taught me. And I think that's the spirit in him. Like the Holy spirit, I think has given him the gift of empathy to the next level and mercy because you can give him the worst case scenario Mm -hmm. and he will find a way to not put that person on death row. Like he will be like, Oh, maybe like he, he is, you know how TikTok will show, um, like so-and-so got arrested for doing that. Like, he hates TikTok, TikTok like that because he will not watch them. He doesn't oh, yeah. like it. He doesn't like anything that like he feels for people. He knows that people make mistakes. So it was such a weird thing for the Lord to show me mm-hmm. how to be with someone. But I love it because it's helped me in my relationship with my family. That's it's awesome. Helped me when, with my sibling, with my brother. Like mm-hmm. I used to have, I always used to be ready to throw down an argument with him because he's my brother. I'm like, let's go. Yeah. And now... I catch myself and I'm like, let me answer this way. And I have seen the fruit through the spirit and him teach me how to communicate, how to adjust wow. myself. And it's been beautiful versus my previous relationship. So again, it's like, like, like you said, learning how to be with someone who isn't trying to hurt you, who truly wants the best for you and is like, like, and has a heart for the Lord because mm-hmm. you'll see that in their fruits. What right. they what they produce is what they have in their heart with God. And so if they're giving you love and kindness and understanding, like we're all imperfect. We're all gonna mess up mess up, but if they're truly valuing you and, and cherishing you, that's going to show. Yeah. Versus when they're not. And so like you like I agree, like when you are with someone who's truly kind and patient and and, and I've always said this, like let's say me and my boyfriend do break up. I have a, like, I have a, a peace of mind and I've said it before where it's like, oh, well, if we break up, I'll be very grateful for the experience that I had in this relationship. I yeah. will not be regretful because the Lord does things the way that is best for him. And I also know that I will enjoy my singleness because I now know that I'm not seeking a relationship because the relationship yeah. that I care about is my relationship with God. Everything else will fall into place. And so I love that you said that. It's like, wow, like, I don't know what to do with this. This is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been like a, a learning experience for both him and I. So, um, yeah, I, it's been great. <laughs> so hard eyes, hard eyes. I love that. I love that. And, and you said you guys knew each other before you started dating, right? Yes. And so we started, mm-hmm. we met in 2017. So a little bit after I was dealing with like a bunch of stuff and I was in that season, um, where it was a one of one of my many seasons of being like half in the church, half out and like part partying and doing all these things, but then also going to church on Sunday. Like I would literally go to church Sundays, some Sundays where I was like hung over or I was like still high from the night before and mm-hmm. ne- do not recommend, but you know, God will <laughs> use, use you where you're at. Um, he will, he will do he what will. he will. And but yeah, so we met in like my party era and he was also a party. He was a partier also. So mm-hmm. we were on the same level, but then I was very involved at the church. So he was like, he was never like, there's some people that I would invite to church and they're like, oh, but you party and you go to church. Like, that's cool. Like, let's go to church. Like, but it was like yeah, a trendy yeah. thing. It wasn't, I don't know, but I, yeah, yeah, he would come with me. He would come with me to church and he he has a whole other testimony as well so it's like he found so much peace and comfort like coming to church with me and so 
we were going to the same church and then we stopped talking because I was trying to do a bunch of other things. I wanted to be with somebody else and I don't know, it just mm. was bad. Yeah. And then we ended up media so he went to college and did all the things and he's an educated man and uh then <laughs> he has a master's degree and um nice mm -hmm, i was like okay and <laughs> so then he came back from college and he wanted to go to church because he had been like drinking and partying and whatever but he was like I just want to go back like i want to feel how i felt then so he started coming mm. back and so I was in that season in 20, uh, the summer, it was last summer. He mm -hmm. was coming back from college and he, uh, what's it called? My scatterbrain. He was coming back and he was like, I'm going to go to church. And so I was in the season where I was like trying to find another church. Cause I was like in and out of churches, finding a home church. But then the Lord had really humbled me last summer and was like, again, with the whole church hurt thing. He was telling me, if you do not resolve the way that you receive things, the, like the way you receive criticism, um, mm. if you truly don't learn how to deal with accountability, you're going to find the same problems and the same issues in every church you go to. So um, I went to a conference in the summer last year where God really set me out and he was like, I've called you to something so high. Like I've, I've set you apart. Like you are a follower of, of me. Like you have been set mm. apart and I'm trying to do that in you. I'm trying to truly set you apart. And so, um, there, when you were talking about like speaking out, like when, when God gives you a word or when God gives you something for someone that weekend, I went to this conference, it was in Florida and during worship that one night, I was like praying and I was like shaking for some reason, but mm. the Lord had, the Lord had put in me to give a word to a girl that was in front of me, but I didn't want to, cause I was like, I don't know her. That's weird. I'm scared. And so I was like shaking and mm. jittery. And then when I finally gave her the word, um, all of that ceased, I was just like, fine. And wow. I was at peace and I was so at peace with it. And she literally told me I, I needed to hear that. Like, I know that, that God needed wow. to deliver that to me. And so, um, the Lord had really showed me like, you are obedient in this. So like, I, like, I'm going to honor you and your obedience. So continue to be obedient because I'm taking you somewhere you never thought you'd be. And wow. so that came with all of that. And then it came with like, I need you to, you know, go back. My best friend and I, we, me and him were going through a bunch of stuff at the same time, leaving church and we were going to churches together, but he told me, he was like, Hey, God's calling me back to go to live the life. And I was like, why would you go back there? Like we had both been hurt mm -hmm. there. I was like, why would you go yeah. back? And he was like, cause God said like, I need to. And he's like, and I think that you'll end up back there too. And I was like, no, I won't, whatever. No, I won't. Mm. <laughs> and God, God told me I have to he go back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So God was like, there's just things that you need to mend. There are um, relationships that you need to mend. There are things that you need to kind of, uh, things that you, were bitter about people you were bitter mm. to, um, that you need to kind of be there to not get yeah. over it, but to go through it and to, wow. to, to get over it, I guess, in a way. And so I ended up going back the, my first Sunday. I was like, you know, I'll just go. Cause I had this part of me that I was like, everyone hates me there. No one wants to be around me. Like, I don't even like these people. Um, mm. like I guess a little bit of bitter, bitter tendencies still. And yeah, yeah. I went back. I went back my first Sunday was sometime in like June or July. 
I think it was in July. And my boyfriend was sitting right behind me. And we oh was it was both of our first Sundays back at the church. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So then God and then, gave you someone to go back with. Mm-hmm. And so um it was it was crazy. And so then we always talk about that. And he was like, mm-hmm. that's how I, I know I don't believe in I know I don't believe in coincidences. Like it's all God. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, all, it's all divine. So I know that the Lord put us in the same place at the same time. And and then I jumped back into serving pretty quickly, like more than I thought, faster than I thought I would at this church. So, cause when I was there prior, I was, like I mentioned in production, um, I helped lead out the production team at one point. I was, I did backing vocals for, I was on stage for a little bit. Um, Mm. I've been like in every area of the church. Like I was served in kids, I served in youth. I served in like the behind the scenes, like with the administration, mm. I served yeah. in like the teaching. So we did like, um, we have like classes where you can like learn more about discipleship and discipling and mm. learning more about your true design. So like we have a class that you can go to before you start serving. So you kind of know who God has called you as a, a servant of Christ. Um, learning yeah. how, how to serve the house and you start serving it, you, whatever, all the things I help serve yeah, in that area. Good- yeah. I served in the coffee. Wow. I served like everywhere. <laughs> Girl, ev- like literally you were out in the parking lot directing cars. Okay. Except way, for that. that except way. for that. I wouldn't do that. One. <laughs> it's too hot outside. Um, but yeah. Pressure. So, um, coming back, I had, I knew that my spirit was like, my heart was very different. I was in a very different place and mindset. I was gone from this church for two years. So God had really matured me in areas. God really shifted and transformed my heart um, and cleansed it like really. And so when I came back, I I had a conversation with God. I was literally telling him, I'm going to come as humble as I can, as a person can be. Um, I'm, I'm not going to come in acting like I know this place anymore because a lot has changed Mm. in two years. I'm going to come like, I don't know who my pastor is. I'm going to come like come in, not knowing, acting like I don't know who anybody in this church is. I'm going to act like it's truly my first time. And, um, that really, that really manifested in an amazing way because then I was given such a great opportunity. Um, I met with the creative pastor who was my she, her and her husband used to be the youth pastors when I was still going there. Mm. And, mm. um, they had transitioned out and they were the connect pastor. He was the connect pastor and she is not, she's now the creative pastor. So I have always loved being under her and him and leadership. So she had a meeting with me and we kind of just shot like shot it up talked about everything and wow talked about why i left i confronted them with like all the hurts that i had because i met with mm. her and then my lead pastor and i never felt like i had ever been given an opportunity to express the hurt that i felt um mm. but they were all they were like everything was valid like you had you know your feelings are valid and they saw a lot of change, even with just me having this conversation, they were like, just your language is so different. Um, and then I started, I started serving. They had, I met with her again and she was like, I have a position that like, I kind of, I kind of made for you because I Uh want you, I want you a part of the team, which creative, the creative team is like my niche. That's where like, I just feel like I flow and I, I am. 
uh, because again, I'm a graphic designer and I started doing graphic design because of the church, like because of this church mm. and, um, with my brother and, uh, we, that. she was like, I, I, I value your opinion and creativity. I value, um, like, I know that you're creative. I don't ever have to explain anything to you. You just get it. You just know. Yes. And so she was like, I, I want you to be stage manager. So I basically was just giving people like people that would go on stage. I would hand off mics. Make sure that all mm. the wor all the worship teams mics are good. The band like make sure their packs are all good. That they have batteries. Yeah. Like they, all the things. Yeah. Um, make sure transitions go smoothly. And um, so that's like my job right now. But you know we've been in talks, and you know there's been a lot of transformation happening within a team. And so um, I actually have a meeting with her on Monday, and there's like big things yeah. happening. So I'm like, let's go, let's go. So we're, I love we're, it. We're, we're, we're moving up. And my brother, like I used to serve with my brother. My brother and I were like this in serving. We bounce off each other so well. And so now like we've talked about it and we're like, it's, it feels so good to serve with each other again. And Amen. I wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't the other way. And then my boyfriend also now he serves on the worship team. He's in band. He plays keys. So nice. He's going off. That is on incredible. Yeah. I love that so. you're surrounded by everyone who's just in love with the Lord and serving mm -hmm. and huge shout out to the humility part. That is so important. A lot it of the hard. times we overlook. It's very hard. Yes. Yeah. It's so hard, it, but it, we overlook the power behind it. And I love mm -hmm. that you brought that up because being able to just one truly express where the hurt was and, and say it and say, mm -hmm. but also go in and say, it's been two years since I've been here. I don't know what I did like what I used to know mm -hmm. things can change in two years. That's beautiful. Cause mate, it just, for me, at least thinking about that, like, wow, like let's say I haven't spoken to so-and-so and I want to uh, reconcile the relationship. Mm -hmm. I have to accept that it's been two years. Like there's going to be a lot of growth and a lot of brokenness that can happen in two years. Yeah. So I'm coming in with everything that bothered me. And I'm also having to acknowledge that they might not be the same person that they used to be. So I think, yeah. I think that you, you said it beautifully. And I think that it's it's hard to come into things like that, but and even in the moment we don't see or understand like how honoring to Christ that is. Like God's mm. God's like that is so amazing of you to do that. Like you, you know, come with a humble heart. And I didn't even expect to like serve right away. You know, they were the ones that mm. met with me and they were like, Hey, like we know you want to be a part, you know, so what like what what's up? Like what do you want to do? And they it was just great. I don't know. And then even now, like coming into it, cause I, I've noticed with serving, I still kind of have some mindset from when I used to serve a couple years ago. Cause when mm -hmm. I, when I left this church and I went to another church, I told myself I was going to give myself a good year before I started serving in a church again. I wanted mm -hmm. to, I wanted to fully just receive. I wanted to just be at church on a Sunday, not be there any extra days. I wanted to just be there on Sunday. That was it. And that wasn't anything because I just didn't want to serve, but I felt like I needed to heal still in some areas. Mm -hmm. And my leadership was kind of jaded. I felt like I was jaded in some areas and I didn't want to project anything onto people when I was serving. Like I just didn't want yeah. to have that heart. And so God really worked in that whole like two years that I wasn't there um, ah. at, at that church and coming back even now, like when they, when my when the creative pastor had, brought this up to the, the pastoral staff, like, Hey, I, I'm going to have Megan. I want her to like, be like, basically like my right hand. Like I wanted to be my right hand and mm. on the team and I want her to help me out. And some of them were like, are you sure? Like, you think that's a good idea? Do you think we, maybe we should have her somewhere else right now? And she was like, no, I think that I'm going to 
put her here. So they're like, okay, wow. you know. So we had, uh, you know, did that. And it was great because then even six months later, seven months later, wait, was it? No, maybe like almost a year later, um, we have our annual women's conference for my church. And so I had ah. the honor. Yeah, it, girl, one of these years, you're going to have to come fly out and come over here because I, I'm not even kidding. Don't even don't even joke about it because I will. Like mm-hmm. I, I would the, like I got a friend. I'm going to go see the friend and I'm going to a convention. Absolutely. Yes. yes. I'm rolling up. It's amazing. So actually we have it. It's in um, May next year. So Ooh, perfect. Lots of time to plan. So and May. there's yes, and I've never forgot- been to Texas before. So this is great. Yes, I'll, I have to send you the dates because we already have dates. So I'll send them to you after this. Um, okay, awesome. And I'll send you the videos I was talking about. Yes, and so we, uh, I had the honor of hosting. So we had we had the privilege, the amazing privilege to have Upper Room come play and sing. <gasps> Yes. So it was amazing. I was like, oh my gosh. But I was the one that got to host them, like be with them, make sure they felt comfortable. And so she, my creative pastor had told um, the Breathe, our conference is called Breathe, Breathe Conference. So she had told Mm -hmm. the Breathe Breathe team, like, hey, I'm going to have Megan host them. And all of them were like, yeah, it's a perfect job for her. Like, love that. Yes. Like she, she'd be perfect for that. So it just, it, it just, that's like, I think like a confirmation to how much I've transformed and how much God has really changed my life. Um, wow. Even in these last couple of years. Cause I'm like, wow. like he that wasn't is, done. He wasn't done. Like that is incredible. Like, that is truly the upper room girl. I would have been fangirling. I was trying not to. I have no self-control. Um, I, I don't know how I would act, but that, that's, that's such a blessing. And yeah. Um, like, Wow, that's incredible. And it's amazing to see all that God has done in your life. And we didn't we didn't um talk about it, but I'm gonna bring it up real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time you have left, but just real quick. I know you talked about um living in your car for a little bit and then couch. Oh girl, shopping. I didn't even do you, I didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Let me I'm, tell you notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. If you want to jump into that real quick, just in case if there's anyone who is currently going through that, like I you know, yeah. Feel free to so, talk about it and all that stuff. So um I, I had mentioned a little bit about my dad. Um, he and my mom split up in 2016 and I, it was shortly, maybe two years after that, he might, he ended up finding, um, a girlfriend and he had dated her for a while. They dated, they've, they're still together. Um, kind of, kind of unfortunately, but, um, they, I didn't know much of their relationship in the beginning. We were very disconnected from my dad for about 16, 17, 18 maybe about four, five years. Um, yeah. didn't really have communication or contact with him just because we, we weren't ready. My brother and I were not ready to, um, and he, mm. they had dated for about three years and we finally met her a uh, great woman. She is, um, when she's sober, she's a great woman. Um, yeah. but yeah, we, we noticed after a couple of maybe a year of like kind of been around them that she has a drinking problem. So when Mm. she gets, when she gets really drunk, she gets very violent and, um, it's just not a good, it's not good at all. And my brother and I have found ourselves in that position where we were like there when things were happening, where fights were occurring and, you know, things were just going haywire. And, um, my dad, 
we were living with my dad at this time. My dad had found the courage to like ask us to move in because he wanted to be with us. He wanted mm-hmm. um, to like rekindle those relationships and to like fix the things that he broke and which he knew he did. Like he was very yeah. taking account, like taking accountable, ma- keeping himself accountable for those things, for his actions and stuff like that. And um, so we decided to move in and we found ourselves in those situations where we were in between like these fights and stuff. And it was very uncomfortable. We didn't grow up in that. My parents never fought like that. So it was very that was new. off. Yes. Especially, and no one, I think like no one ever talks about that stuff as an adult. I, I think it's not very, it's not very um, like normal or it doesn't really happen much, but it happens. And I've never really heard people talk about um, yeah. being in the middle of domestic violence and like, you know, that kind of stuff as an adult, like it, yeah. it, it changes, yeah. it, it hits like a different way. Um, yeah, no, especially no pun, you're no pun it from intended. I said no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna stop. Anyway, uh, so yeah, <laughs> we um, we were living with my cousin. So my my dad and stepmom and me and my brother were living with my cousin. So all of us were in a big house, and mm. my cousin had ended up kicking us all out because of an occurrence that happened where a fight got really bad. And uh, mm-hmm. we had to like, it was like effective immediately. We had to get out. So yeah, the next day we were moving everything out and we were staying in a hotel for like two days. And then we kind of, all four of us had to separate. So this was the longest that my brother and I didn't live with each other. And it was probably like mm-hmm. a month, a few weeks, a month. And yeah. my, my brother ended up staying with one of our, our best friends. And my dad and stepmom went to go stay with one of my stepmom's friends. They had room there for, for them too. But I was like, I have nowhere to go. Um, mm. I didn't go back and stay with my mom because my mom stays with my grandparents. And that's a whole other living situation we embarked on. But um, I just didn't want to go back there. And I stayed there a couple times. But I just didn't have anywhere to like really truly rest or be. Yeah. Um, so I was like living in my, I slept in my car a few times and it was very hard because I was like, and I had a cat, I had my cat. So, oh. so I took my cat, I'm a cat to my, person. I, I love him. He's not here. He's with my mom. Cause my mom loves him. So What's his name? Charlton. Shout out to Charlton. <laughs> Charlton. Shout out to Charlton. He's a little, uh, for being her emotional support. Yes. <laughs> and it was really hard because I was like, I don't want to be away from him, but I know it's best for him to go stay with my mom. Um, <sighs> I had to just, I, it was hard. It was so hard. I was, I would cry all the time, but, um, he was safe and he was fine. He had a place to go. So he was with my mom and I was sleeping in my car. And then one of my childhood best friends that she's not, she's not in the Lord or anything like that, but she was, she's been my friend since we were 12 years old. So we mm-hmm. have always just been best friends, but it's like one of those friends that you have where you don't talk for maybe like months or years and oh, then yeah. you hang out with them and you're like, no time pass at all. And right I'm like, where you everyone, I feel like everyone needs to have a friend like that. Everyone should have a friend like that. Um, but yeah, she's been my best friend for many years. And she uh, was like, I have space here. You know, you can always come stay here. So I ended up staying mm-hmm. with her for a little bit, for about a week. And then my brother and I went to that conference in the summer and we were gone. So I was like, we have somewhere to go. We have somewhere to sleep. And we were so we were in Florida for a week, and that God really gave us a peace about when we came back. Like God was like, I had mm. everything figured out, and when wow. we got when we got back, we had me, my dad, my stepmom, and my brother had an apartment to go home to. So, um, but then it got 
really bad again with their fighting. They had told us that they weren't going to bring alcohol into the home. And Jacob and I were both my brother. We were both like, praise God. Like, thank God we don't mm -hmm. have to deal with that. And um, it was good for uh, maybe two months. And then mm -hmm. the habits, it, started, it came back around. And it was the same old, same yeah. old. And my brother and I kind of dealt with it for a little bit. But my brother was like, it. I'm on edge all the time. And my brother's yeah. mental health got, it got messed with a lot. I, yeah, it was hard for me too, but my brother was there. My brother's room was right next door to theirs. I was downstairs. So I didn't yeah, hear it or deal with it as much as he did, but it was really, really, really hard. And so we were there for six months um, from June or yeah, June till December. And we ended up going to passion at the end of December like right before, right around New Year's, December to January. I'm jealous. I'm so jealous. I've always wanted so to go good. to Passion. Everyone should uh, go at least at least once in their life. If if you're under 25 but over 18, you need mm -hmm. to go to Passion. Yes, Absolutely. for sure. And so um, when we got back, uh, it was the same thing. So my brother was like, "Nothing's gonna change." So like, we need to, we need to figure it out. Um, and then when we got back, my brother had just got let go. My brother got let go from his job at that time. Mm. So we were dealing with that and that and that. And that's my brother's story. So that's, that's crazy too. Um, but I was, and I was in school and I was doing awful in school. I was um, in Bible college um, online and I was doing awful just mm. because of like the fighting and stuff. I would sometimes stay up late at night. Um, and then I was working full time. So it was just like so much on my plate at one time. Yeah. And, um, my brother was like, I, my brother just started packing his stuff, like nonchalantly, was just packing his stuff. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, if it gets too bad, like I, I have to, he's like, I can't stay here. I will figure it mm. out. And he was like, but I know you, I, he's like, I can't leave you here. So like, you need to start doing this too, because we're, we are going to have to get out of here. And mm. one night it just triggered him and we left and packed up all of our stuff, got a storage unit, packed all of our stuff and just left. My dad was so heartbroken but he knew that it needed to be done. He was like, I know yeah. that this is painful for y'all. Um, and the, he was like, this is not y'all's mom. So y'all don't owe anything to her. It's not like, he is like, I completely yeah. understand. And my dad tried so hard to leave. But since my brother and I were there physically, he felt like he couldn't because he didn't want to leave us there with her. He didn't want to leave yeah. us like, cause he's like, that's not y'all's mom. Like y'all don't need to deal with her like that. Yeah. Um, and so we were kind of homeless again for a little bit. We had stayed in an Airbnb. My boyfriend actually wasn't my boyfriend at that time. He was just a really good friend to us. And he ended up getting us an Airbnb. And we stayed there for a day or two and then mm. kind of didn't know what to do. And then we had some friends that were like, hey, our house is open up. Like, we have three extra rooms. Like, y'all come stay. Mm. So we stayed Amazing. there. So we stayed there for a couple months. And then we were kind of... We went back to our dad's for a little bit because we had to, because our, our time was a little bit extended at our friend's house. And yeah. now, now my brother and I actually have our own space. So we have our own apartment right yes. now. And congratulations. It was a long time coming. It was really hard, but you know, we both, my brother and I both knew that through that, like God was going to do something so big in that. And God was going to honor us for being faithful to him. Like, Wow. We like didn't, I am one to get frazzled really easily. I freak out fast. Um, but my brother 
used to be that way, but he was like, but coming to the Lord and, you know, having a mom, my, our mom, and then having a sister, me, that freak out like yeah. that very easily. He's like, I, I could not, I can't be like that because if we're all freaking out yeah. at the same time, then yeah. nothing's going to get resolved. Nothing's going to get done. We have to, you know, so my brother was very calming in these he situations. He literally did the whole, look at me, I'm captain now. I'm the captain oh, now. Me. Yes. No, for real. So, <laughs> um, and so my, especially my brother having to step into that like spiritual authority role, um, being the head of the house mm -hmm. at a young age, it is now like really coming to effect and really, really being like prevalent in his life now. So, um, I know that's all preparing him to be an amazing husband and amazing dad. So yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for when that day comes and I get an amazing sister-in-law, but, um, mm -hmm. I, I know that these are all, all these things are they were all for purpose and it was not just growing me in as a person, but it was really, really a lot making me like, okay, I have to really trust in God on these things because yeah. I can't trust in myself. I can't trust in um, anything of the world because everything, everything changes, everything, everything breaks away, but God does not. So yeah. I, I knew wow. I had to, mm -hmm. you know, really, especially like the, everything I felt, was a build for this, for these moments, because, um, if this, if this would have happened maybe like three years ago when I was in the middle of that relationship, um, where, you know, the, my older, the older boyfriend, I don't know. I probably would yeah. not, again, probably would not be here, but you know, God yeah. really had to use even those situations. Like that was a build up for all of this, because if I was very weak and brittle then mm. i wouldn't have been, been able to endure these bigger things but now god, i i i know that god recently the lord has spoke to me that you know there may not be harder trials in the future there may not but there may um but mm. i will be able to withstand anything because i am my foundation is completely fully built on christ and wow. this house ain't gonna be shaken so yes Yes. So I, I, it's, beautiful. it's really hard because there's people that, you know, they go through trials um, while they're in relationship with Christ and they think that God is doing it to them, but God's really yeah. doing it for you. Um, yeah. it's, it's to yeah. build you. And if you continue, yeah. if you continue to stay built on Christ and, um, lean into him, cause even the Bible talks about how we not, we're not supposed to lean on our own understanding because our emotions mm. and our hearts are deceitful and they're fleeting and they change. So yeah. the only thing that doesn't change is Christ and he's the same yesterday, today and forever. So yeah, what, what, why, why not put your trust in him? And yeah. my brother and I always Beautiful. talk about, you know, like when we, when we die and we go to heaven, like if we do die and there is no heaven, I mean, like, cause we can't see Christ. We can't see yeah. God. We can't see heaven. So if we die and we, there is no heaven, then I was like, okay, like I just miss out on heaven, like whatever. But if we yeah. do die and we don't live this way and we, and we know whatever, we're not in right standing with the Lord, then we don't want to be damned to hell. So we're like, we, we want to go that way yeah. if, if there is, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's just yeah, like I can a, relate. Yeah. I think it's I've so had crazy. That same thought where I'm like, worst case scenario, I, you know, I gave in my all and I cared for other people mm -hmm. and worst case scenario, I spent eternity without God. And that sounds horrible. You yes. know, like I've had, I heard someone say once that like, what if hell isn't just fire and all this stuff? What if it's 
God's not there. You don't have that anymore. And I'm like, I, I can't imagine. Oh, I, I've even, I was literally thinking this last night. I was like having one of those nights from like staring up at the ceiling. And oh. I was like, there was once a time in my life where I never even thought about God, where I didn't mm-hmm. pray, where I went every single day doing my own thing. And now I can't imagine a day where I don't include God, where I'm yes. not thinking about literally like I'm constantly I, thinking about him and, and, and like, how can I do this? And, and it's like, there was once a time in my life and it feels forever ago. It feels not realistic, but yeah, like I, I agree. I think that worst case scenario, you know, you, you're separated from the Lord and, and, and you're in you're in hell and mm-hmm. best case scenario, you know, you get to be with him for eternity and you get to continue to know his love more on one-on-one, but oh my gosh, like that was just so beautifully said. And I love like, like, this is an incredible episode of what God has done with my pain. Yeah. Like everything so that you shared here has just, and I'm, I'm so incredibly excited when this, um, when this gets published and comes out, I'm definitely going to let you know, I'm going to be like, girl, it just went live. Yes. Um, but before we, before we get off, I do want to say that she, uh, Megan is on TikTok. So if you want to drop yes. your TikTok handle so they can go pop over there and see what you're up to. Uh, it is Megan. Oh, actually, what is it? I don't even know what it is. Let me figure it out. <laughs> How do you log in? <laughs> it's just on there. Oh, it's a uh, Megan Ray Herrera. So it's just my full name. My, I, I can. Uh, will you be able to see my name right here? Where is that this thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so it's, it's just, well, it doesn't have your middle one, but it's okay. Your yeah, first and last so name. it's gonna be Megan, and then my middle name R A E, and then my last name. That's my TikTok handle. Okay, I post. Perfect. A bunch of random things on there. And that's also my Instagram handle too. So you can go follow me. Yeah. I definitely say go give her a follow and check out all the great content she's giving out. I'm funny. Um, I'm funny and cool. So funny. I feel like we're the same person, but not the same person. Dude, I know. I know. (laughs) I'm just like, Loki, I'm going to ask her to be my friend now. Yes, Um, we are friends. Yes. Yes. I have your number. So good luck. Can't block me. I'll just use someone else's phone number. (laughs) But with that being said, I have uh, been so incredibly blessed today to have you on the podcast. And I'm so grateful. I know that um, I truly do pray that God blesses you for your willingness to even share your testimony. Um, You know, the Bible causes to tithe, but sometimes tithing is not just uh, in um, currency. It can be in your testimony. It can be in your time. It can Mm -hmm. be in your gifts. So I'm just incredibly grateful that you took your time, your voice and your testimony, and you gave it. And I just pray that God returns and rewards you. Not that we do things for reward, but I just, I pray that God's favor is over you and Mm -hmm. that his, you know, blessings and rewards continue to come after you because you know, your willingness. And it it literally says in the Bible, as long as you're willing and able like God and, you know, seek out his righteousness, everything else will be added to you. So I really do pray that that is all that you experience and live with anything that comes your way that God just continues that blessing and everything over you. Like, again, I'm so grateful, but, but that being said, I've stolen stolen two, two hours of your life. But good thing you, you still get to stay up a little later than me because you're an hour behind, but yes, so again, I'm so incredibly grateful tomorrow is Sunday. So if you have a church tomorrow, have a great time. Yes. Go worship, you too. worship it up. Thank you. Yes, Thank of you. course. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there. I have like an unassigned assigned seat at church. Like me, I'm the type of person yeah. where I book it. My boyfriend hates it. Cause like I start to get, and I do, I do get a little snappy. I'm like, I gotta go. If someone's mm-hmm. sitting there and then I'm not one, it's not my place to, to be a little upset. 
but I do because like I it's, I don't know yeah. it's my comfort zone. Anyways, um, again, thank you so much, Megan. I'm so grateful thank for you. you. Um, and I definitely want to have you back again sometime because sometimes yes. I do episodes on topics. And mm-hmm. so since you've already shared what God has done with your pain, maybe one day I'll hit you up and say like, how do you feel about talking about this? And then we'll yes. you'll come in. She wants me awesome. again, you guys. <laughs> yes, yes, I definitely do. Yes, this was All so right. awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I received everything you said. You are so awesome. And I know God is going to like, um, like abundantly bless you because of your obedience to doing this. Like God is, God is, I bet God is using this. Like God is going to use this. I know he will. So I, I truly receive it. And to anyone listening, I just pray that this has been a blessing and that this has, if anything, yes. given you at least one piece to add onto your walk with the Lord. But all right. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and Thank end you. the recording here. Bye.